Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy that episode. I'm done with this. <laughs> Cheers, Raven. Cheers. Listeners, did you hear that clink? It's because, for the first time, Raven and I are recording together for this joyous episode. <laughs> Let's accept. Well, that's tasty. Oh my god. I like this. I like this too. Raven, hey. Hello, Campbell. This, this feels great because, like... This whole time, it's felt like a podcast, but this time it actually feels like a podcast. Yeah, We're right? actually sitting down recording together, and it's amazing. And I it feels it. weird. Yes. But like... But in a good amazing. way. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, listeners, today's a very special episode, because this is our holiday episode. Bow, 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 bow! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you mean ho, ho, ho. Bow, 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 bow! <laughs> bow, 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 bow! Um, yeah, Fancy sure. Blues. Here we come. <laughs> well, mine was, uh, Blue's Clues. Oh. Uh, blue's gonna do. We can too. Yep, 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 yep. Um, we're yep. just, like, staring at each other. <laughs> In love. and admiration. Take that, Zoom. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, to get started, Raven, what is your favorite, like, old school Christmas song and more modern Christmas song? Okay. So... One of my favorite, like, old school Christmas songs is, I I think it's just called The Christmas Song by, like, Nat King Cole. Um, like, specifically the Nat King Cole version. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, I just think it's, a, I mean, obviously it's a timeless Christmas classic. Of course. it's been around for for decades, almost said centuries. Um, I mean, time's not real. <laughs> time is a concept. Construct. Um, like, um, Pants. It's nope. a man-made construct. Uh, I mean, yes, but... Uh, yes? You said yes. Should, should, Moving okay. on. Uh, anyway. This could be weird to say future Raven edit this out because present Raven <laughs> is in front of me. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so that, that's like my favorite like Christmas classic, I think. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite modern Christmas song is really hard because there's a lot of really good ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, but... give me a top three, but the last one has to be your favorite out of them. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like that would be easier for you. Yes. So I really love 
Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. I, Raven, when I worked, um, I had like an engineering co-op position um, for all semester of my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to drive on site like after classes and stuff. But um, so it would be like a 10 minute drive from VCU. And I remember especially um, in like December, the last few weeks of me working there, um, that song would come on the radio and I had the, like the cassette tape aux cord. Oh, wow. For my car. Yeah. I remember um, those. And I would listen to that song on, that's, that's the only music I listened to was that song. I love that song it's so much. So good. I also so love good. Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. Uh huh. That's a good song. It's, I think it's my favorite of her, like, like original Christmas songs. Yeah. I would say my actual favorite modern Christmas song from like right now is a song by Shamik Moore. He's a relatively new recording artist. It's called uh, The First Christmas That I Loved You. And it was like sort of released with, um, do you know John Green, the author? Yes. Yeah. So he had wrote this co-op novel with a couple other authors called Let It Snow. uh, And Netflix made a film adaptation of it. And um, they kind of, I guess, debuted that song in the movie. And when I was watching the movie, because I read the book. And so when I was watching the movie, I was just like... (laughs) what is this fresh new Christmas song that I'm hearing? (laughs) And I looked it up and I have listened to it well over a couple dozen times. I would have expected you to say Mariah Carey. No. I mean, like, I love that song, but like, I don't think it's my favorite modern Christmas song in 2020. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Campbell? So, um, like old school, um, no doubt in my mind, Sleigh Ride, Leroy Anderson. Oh, yeah. The band arrangement. Yeah. We would play it every holiday concert in high school, except for senior year. Um, Our band director was like, we're not doing that. And everyone was so upset. Understandably. It's a great song. Um, Do you remember that one vine of, like, that, like, band playing it? And then the guy, like, behind the stage is, like, dancing to it? (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's... That's how I feel on the inside during Christmas, constantly. Nice. And for modern, I would have to say Snowman by Sia. Oh, Sia makes good Christmas music. That Christmas album is so good. Yeah. Santa's Coming for Us is on Mm -hmm. the... Underneath the Mistletoe. Yes. Oh my, she's so good. Yeah. So I just love her voice, too. I do, too. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. Would you like to... Wait, we kind of picked the movie together, actually. So, Oh! Do you want to do that now, or do you want to do that at the end? Let's do it now. Okay, okay, okay. What are we doing, Raven? <laughs> so, <laughs> listeners, for uh, given that this is a Christmas episode, we thought it would be fun if Campbell and I gave each other our Christmas gifts on the air during the episode recording. Now, Isn't that for, what on the air means? Shut I do not like you. Uh, you're my least favorite human being, and I don't know why I'm doing this but like, right now. Anyway, just anyway, um, yeah. So technically, the gift I'm giving you was actually your birthday gift that I couldn't ship to you mm-hmm. because your Christmas gift is still coming in. But you're opening a gift today. Cool, Raven. You can go first. Oh. Um, Describe what you see, start top to bottom. Okay. Okay, so I see a lovely pyramid of gifts. Um, On the top is this adorable little box 
um, with a giant green bow on it that's nearly bigger than the box itself, um, wrapped in some very interesting kind of eclectic uh, wrapping paper, followed by uh, a slightly large, a slightly much larger gift. In why are these all different wrapping papers? First of all, I kept on running out. I was the last <laughs> to wrap my gifts in my family, so I used what's left. So what you're saying is like at the scraps. I think it looks good. Anyway, um, oh, yeah, Christmas so then, wrapping paper. They all Christmas wrapping paper, which I'm I'm proud of you for. Um, so then I see a larger gift, uh, presumably a book of some kind. I can only hope. Maybe from that one time we were talking, it probably was edited out of the episode, but um, talking about it, I was like, I'm really excited for your Christmas gift. And I was like, all our other friends have been given books. And you're like, I want a book. And I was like, fine, I'll give you a third Christmas gift. And you're like, no! <laughs> I did it. And I'm happy. Um, and then there's a much larger gift under that in beautiful gold wrapping paper. Um, I would have gone red, gold, red instead of red, red, gold. But, you know, for the amount like, of wrapping paper there was left for each of the rolls, that's what made sense. I just feel like I'm more important the, in your life. Than the the middle one? Scraps. I mean, there just weren't... There just wasn't much left. Oh, are you, okay. Um, Raven has not even opened the gift, and she's <laughs> being so critical. Okay, okay. I'll start with the small one. Okay. What is gift number one, Raven? It cables crushing it. Christmas gift to Palooza. Gift number one is a clip-on tuner and metronome, which I feel like is both a fantastically thoughtful gift and low-key a read, but it's okay. Low-key a read? You said you wanted it because you lost yours. <laughs> I did. Lose I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just a thoughtful, and I listen to my friend. You do, and this is a fantastic gift. I'm it's also kind of a read because she does. It is very much playing. a read. Is, I have, I'm terrible that, at tempo keeping. That, that one is also kind of a gift for me. <laughs> I, I try, and I'm just so bad at it. I don't know why. It's okay. This is some thick premium wrapping paper. Look at your family. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the second <laughs> gift is Tales of Norse Mythology, which for anyone listening to this who does not personally know me, I love mythology. I've been reading mythology literally since I was like seven or eight years old. And I I love I love mythology so much. And any chance to learn more about it, I'm always here for it. So And did you appreciate my gauging and um sleuthing of that kind of book, yes, because it's one of those like Barnes and Noble, like like fancy collection edition book, yeah. Which I love. Like I have a couple books like that already. Like I love books just, that just look like this. It's dope. I have a um, Cider House Rules Ooh, edition that's similar nice. to that. Yeah. Gift number three. Gift number three. What is this? <gasps> oh my gosh! How and when and where and how? Um, Please tell the listeners what you just laid so, on. So, gift number three is a, like a plaque, like a metal plaque of our podcast art that Campbell so detailed and ta- like skillfully created for us. And it is what is this like a a square foot like plaque of our our podcast art? Yeah, it's, it's so like cool. it's like how you can get like pictures printed on like canvas you can also do it on like metal this is so awesome now i have to find oh my gosh i was literally just thinking the other day that i need a third thing to put above my piano because there's oh, three walls above my piano that's perfect and i want to i want to move the wanderlust to the other wall and then put that oh my oh my gosh this is 
Why are you so good at gift giving? Merry Christmas, right? This is, oh my gosh, I hate you. Okay. Kim, now it's time for your gift. Uh, and um, listeners, I'm fairly certain, and Campbell is as well, that he's going to be very upset with me uh, once he gets his gift. Um, so and if, we'll talk about why. And yeah, we'll talk about why. Um, and so, well, if, if it's the thing you think it is, which you, prob- you probably are correct. I don't know. I've like been thinking a lot of things because she's told me about, like, you know, mention this birthday gift for months now. It yeah. is now December. My birthday was in August. Yep. So I've had a lot of time to think and overthink. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Oh, and I hate getting gifts. You do. He, he, yeah. Um, so if you hear um, the sound of a box opening and then the sound of flesh hitting flesh, that is Campbell punching me in the face <laughs> once he sees this gift. Okay. Thank you so much. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. Hold on. Let's, let's do this. Where's the... The other side is the top. Like this? Uh, sorry, no. You were correct. <sighs> Mother. <laughs> I don't understand what you're upset about, Campbell. What are you, what are you upset about? So Raven got me a fucking trumpet. Um, and tell, tell him why, Campbell. I knew it was an instrument. There were only two choices that I had, and one of them was way too big to ever fit in a suitcase. Uh, <laughs> compound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never learned how to play the trumpet, but I've been talking about for so long. I want to like re like learn a brass instrument like again, and she gave me a fucking trumpet. But yeah, so it was really hard. Ooh. Isn't it so cool? Listeners, I will play you a note. It's not going to sound good because I don't play this instrument, but I will try my best. <laughs> Yeah, I was going back and forth Go because, <laughs> so I got really nervous because at first I had planned to get you a trumpet, but then you had mentioned like, there was one time we were recording and you were like, oh yeah, I like really, really want a trombone. And I well, was because like, I've played the trombone. Yeah, yeah. And, but then I was like, I was like, wait, did he, like, did he say he ever, like, did he ever say he wanted a trumpet or did he always say he wanted a trombone? I just got them mixed up. Look, now look. I will name the trumpet, um, Beulah. <gasps> That's a fantastic name. Yeah, that's yeah. Beulah the trumpet. I looked up a ton of uh, reviews. I was like, I don't know the first thing about brass instruments, and that was one. They were like, this is a great instrument, like one for beginners, but also for like actual players who like kind of know what they're doing and stuff. So I was like, this would be this would be good like for general practice and stuff like that. I hate you as a human being. You love. Me Why did you buy me an instrument? Because that's what you said you wanted. <sighs> okay, I feel so merry and full of cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> you love me. This is delicious. Okay, I can... Let, let's talk about what we're... Yes. What movie we're talking about, musical talked about, and what we're drinking. So, um, yeah, it was more of a team effort. I would say mostly Raven um, picking the musical we're doing. So, we watched, actually together today, which was very difficult to, like, yeah. watch it with you and because not... Because couldn't talk to each And not have commentary, because we didn't want to, like... We want it to be fresh, yeah. organic. And we didn't want to just like say, like have our own And we have a lot of shit to say, oh listeners. There would be so many times we would be watching and just like something would happen or a character would say something and me and Cameron would just like look at each other and both immediately start writing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, we are going to be talking about today the TV special um, from um, uh, that aired on NBC December 6th, 1964, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
Um, we'll get a timeless more, Christmas classic. Yes, we'll get more into like the background for it because that's very much related to like the, the composition, com- the composition, like, yeah. and you know the composers and the authors and stuff. But basically, so this was sponsored by General Electric, mm-hmm. um, and it was based on um, the song "Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer" by Johnny Marks, which is based off of the poem which has the same name by Mark's brother-in-law. Robert May. Yeah. And so, this is, I mean, everyone knows, this is the, like, claymation yeah, Rudolph the Red Nose Yeah, like, reindeer. the, uh, ranks and bass, like, that yeah. everyone, probably everyone in America has seen. There's been, like, <laughs> guest sequel Rudolph claymation films. Yeah, Robert May wrote, a, like, two sequels. I love those. Rudolph Shining New Year and Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Yeah. yeah. Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July is my favorite of the claymation ones. That is a good one. It's so good. It is so good. And I love Rudolph Shining New Year with the little New Year's baby whose ears are too big. <laughs> and everyone just laughs at him. Poor little New Year baby. Yeah, they, they made a lot of movies about uh, laughing at people with... Uh, appearance. Uh, uh, yeah. Non-conformities. Um, yeah, as, as, as Sam the Snowman likes to say, his uh, non-conformance. <laughs> yeah. Um... Okay, so I like this. My family watched this like two weeks ago, and I was like, work. I was working at the time um, because I still had meetings, and you know, during the workday, Pacific Pacific Coast, Pacific Coast time. Um, But I'm on the East Coast. I have love a good seven thirty p.m. meeting. Um, But so I was just like, I don't know. I heard some of the songs. wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Um, Two hours ago, when Raven and I watched this. There's definitely some things I didn't pick it up. Because usually I'm very good at, like, turning my brain off. Like, not thinking about, like, movies, entertainment, things critically. But for the sake of this, I'm like, okay, let's get into nitpicky Campbell mode. Yeah. And, like, let's see what we got. It was not difficult. So I always like to get into it because I'm a very big fan of the YouTube channel CinemaSins. Mm -hmm. Um, Listeners, if you don't watch it, you gotta check it out. Um... But, yeah, so, so like, it, and I binge a lot of CinemaSins videos where it's it's very much, like, nitpicking on the smallest things, but also pointing out some very good points about movies sometimes and, like, plots and stuff like that. And that's a lot of times the mindset that I get into when I'm watching these movies because I just feel like uh, making fun of something is a lot easier for comedy than just appreciating it mm-hmm. um, for what it is. So, yeah, I was watching this and I was like... I do not remember feeling this way about this movie before. There were definitely some moments that I was just like, was that always like that? Did I just not pay attention to it? It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, uh, to go with Christmas, there's a couple of different Christmassy type drinks. Um, We decided to go with the timeless mulled wine. It is so good. This mulled wine is so good. It's got, like, citrus in it. It's got, of course, like, cinnamon, cloves, like, all that stuff. And it just, it just warms you on the Yeah, on this, you know, typical holiday day (laughs) that it's 60-something degrees and we're inside with the heat on, drinking a hot beverage, wearing sweaters. sweaters. (laughs) Yeah, doing great. Yeah, I am sweaty. (laughs) See, this for me is actually, like, I'm very comfortable right now. This is the temperature I like to be. Wild. (laughs) Anyway, yes, so loving 
the mold wine. You want to get into it? <sighs> we should. Let's okay, do this. so this movie starts off um, December twelfth. Um, that we see like a bunch of like newspapers coming up, like yeah. uh, newsreels and stuff, and it's um, not claymation at this point. It's very much people. Deal- it's, it's very much a wonderful life type style. Yeah, yeah, and it's. They're talking about this the worst blizzard they've ever seen, like yeah. Christmas is canceled, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we hear a narrator saying, like, oh, yeah, like, I remember this the year of, like, this horrible storm mm-hmm. where, like, we almost had to delay Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, um, kind of to talk about that, we have to, like, go back to the beginning a little bit. Yeah, so the narrator is Sam the Snowman, mm-hmm. um, played by Burl Ives. Um, he... If you're not familiar with him, um, some of his, like, credits, things that he's done. Yeah. Um, he, like, got a job in CBS Radio. He definitely has such a, like, a radio voice. And the For sure. snowman is was supposed to, like, look like him as well. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, he had his, like, Broadway debut in 1938. But um, I guess, like, what people consider his, like, biggest role would be he was Big Daddy on Cat on a Hot Tin Roof um, on Broadway in the 1950s. But also... Um, the movie for it, mm-hmm. um, and he like uh, is like an Oscar award winning actor yeah. um, for his role in the Big Country um, for a Best Supporting Actor. Okay. So very very talented individual yeah. from radio to stage to screen to television. Like he done it all. Yeah, and he just he has a really good narrator voice. Agreed. Like he he kind of has that. That very classic, just rich, deep, tonal voice that mm-hmm. is, is just soothing to listen to. Yeah. And something I really like about Sam the Snowman is that when he, like, walks around, like, the animation of, like, the snow... He's, like, pushing the snow yeah. along because he, like, doesn't have legs. He's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, dragging Sliding, himself. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, the, the attention to detail, um, especially, like, in the early 1960s for oh, yeah. all of the characters... Um, in a walking in snow kind of thing, they could have just done like just a white ground and they just walk on it. But, yeah, and they didn't. But they, like, no, they made uh, it real, like realistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really cool because like those figures are like really small. Like Rudolph, yeah. the the like puppet is uh, for Rudolph um, is only four inches tall. Santa is eight inches. The Bumble um, is the tallest. Obviously, he's fourteen inches. Yeah, and it's really funny. So, like, a lot of those, like, puppets went missing after they stopped, like, filming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is wild. Including Santa and Rudolph. Um, however, those two were rediscovered in 2006 on Antiques Roadshow. And apparently a like, woman who, like, worked for the production company, you know, took them. Yeah. And, like, kept them stored away. And sometimes she would let her kids, like, play with them. That's, like, that's always crazy to me because... I think about that a lot with movies. With like, three decades. When all the props are like, when, when the movie filming is done, it's like, what happens to all the props? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people take them and they just keep them in their attic yeah. for decades. Yeah. So um, anyway, animation super, super, super tight. So good. Yeah. Um, it took around 18 months to like produce it. Um, and the animation was produced in Japan. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. That's yep. really cool. Um, 
Here's my thing with Sam the Snowman. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> so when he first starts talking, he says, um, what's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a talking I snowman I love before? that. It, it, he's like... No. No, I haven't, Sam. And he, again, he says, he talks about Rudolph, and he's like, very much the attitude, oh, haven't you heard? <laughs> no. Oh, you don't know <laughs> don't about it? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's supposed to be whimsical and fun, Raven. Like, the entirety of this movie. Dear Lord. Okay. Um, yeah, so then he's talking about, oh yeah, you know, this is this is the story of, like, Rudolph and uh, Santa, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we cut to, and he says, like, oh yeah, this is Christmas Town. Um, over there live the Clauses, like Santa Claus and his wife, Mrs. Claus, you know, gearing up for this new, like, Christmas season. Um, and we cut over to the Clauses, and we see uh, Mrs. Claus basically attempting to force feed Santa. Um, and it's just like, whoever heard of a skinny Santa eats, eats. Okay, and we're going to talk about Santa's weight journey throughout throughout this because the timing of it is um, not healthy. Not also, healthy. here's something I didn't think about, and I'm just like, now that I'm an adult that's like so craven um, that it's, I can't appreciate like things anymore. Okay, it's presumed... Santa and Mrs. Claus don't have children. Yes. Why do they call each other Mama, Mama and Papa? Papa. <laughs> the whole movie, Mrs. It's Claus is so like, Daddy, weird. yes, eat. It's so... It's weird. Weird. And that I never thought about that to watching it a couple hours ago. And I think I didn't think about it as a kid, because it's like, my dad, like, to me, referred to our mom as mom, and my mom would refer to us, would refer to our dad as dad. Totally normal. Makes total sense. Children are actually our yeah. parents. But it's like... They're not mothers. Well, I mean... Have Father Kids. Christmas. But Father, I don't think Father Christmas is Santa. I thought it was. I don't, I don't. I think some like translations of Santa Claus in different languages like translate to um, Christmas Dad or Christmas Grandfather. Interesting. Okay. Stuff like that. Okay. Uh, I'm not thinking of Father Christmas. I was thinking of Father Time. Those are two completely different people oh, and legendary boy. figures. Uh, anyway. Um, also, something else that Sam the Snowman said. And he was talking about... Oh, I wrote down. And there was like, yeah, the, the, he, he said like pretty much like the main citizens, the citizens of Christmas town, the clauses. Are the elves and the reindeer not citizens? <laughs> They're not considered people, Campbell. I mean, obviously the elves are not unionized and we're going to talk about that. Yes. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah, cause like I get that, I get that Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus are probably the primary ones, like the biggest, like known with the celebrities, you know, but it's like. They but, are, they're still I, I, only two people in an entire But, town. like, they didn't say primary or most famous or most known. They, he said, like, main citizens. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> the elves aren't people. They're not considered people. And, I mean, everyone, like, everyone there just works for Santa. Yeah. Um, as everyone knows, because it's Santa Claus, Santa Claus elves, make his, toys, yeah, reindeers, workshop. pull the sleigh. Mm-hmm. And, but they're all, you know... What's the word I'm thinking of? Starts with the C. Something beings. They have cognizant. Oh, sentient. Sentient. Yeah, not S, not C. That's not the other. Sentient beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we're on the same page. We're we're here. We're Moving here together. On. Yep. <laughs> we are here together. Yes, we are. Um, yeah. So Mrs. I'm Claus is, Mrs. Claus is body shaming Santa, and uh, yeah, because no one talks about because, it because um, he does not fit society's view of how of he what sh- Santa should of be. what his weight should be. Yeah. Yeah. 
which is some great a bullshit. But uh, but like he kind of deserves it. We'll talk about Santa's a dick. Santa's a dick. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So then, yeah, I wrote um, down Papa. Yikes. <laughs> um. So then we yeah we get back to Sam and he he does like the the very intro of World Wide Stranger. like, like the, the opening credits. Yeah, like you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, blah blah blah. Tom and Cupid and Donner and Vixen. Donner and Blitzen. Blitzen. Yeah. Here he said Vixen. Yes, I did. Campbell learned to listen. Um, um, yeah. So then, yeah. So we get to the opening credits while like the music is playing. Mm-hmm. This um, is two years before the giant storm. Yes. Yes. Um, and Sam's like, okay, let me tell you about good old Rudolph. Um, and apparently, in this telling of the story, I don't know if he always was, but apparently, in this telling of the story, Rudolph is the son of Donner. Yeah. Um, Donna, of course, being one of the eight reindeer that pull Santa's sleigh. Um, and he comes out and they're just like, oh my God, our son is here. He's so cute. He's awesome. So happy to have a son. This is dope. And then it turns out that his nose is red and it glows. And they're just like, what the fuck is this? Get this shit away from okay, me. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about red nose reindeers. Yes. Okay, so like for a reindeer... Um, there's, like, a really dense, like, network of, like, blood vessels in their noses. Uh, they have around 25% more capillaries carrying red, you know, oxygen-rich blood kind of in their, like, nasal area than mm-hmm. humans do. And so, like, in colder climates, um, it increases the blood flow in the nose um, to help keep the surface warm. Um, which, Which kind of, like, helps the main regulating of the body temperature because, like, a lot of mammals, reindeer, do not sweat. Yeah. So I just thought that was, I don't know, cool. Yeah. So um, Rudolph be pumping in blood. Also, fun fact about me related to reindeer. So <laughs> you might already know this. Um, so growing up, I was not allowed to believe in Santa because... Um, I didn't know that. You didn't know that about me? I should have assumed. Yeah. No, it wasn't It wasn't just like our parents never like really told us about it. Like we weren't allowed. Like we knew of him. We weren't allowed to believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, because my dad was just like, it's scientifically impossible for a single man to give gifts to every children in the world in a single night, blah, he blah, se- blah. He seems fun. <laughs> my dad's great. Um, <laughs> Mom, if you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> but... We were allowed, so so like any, like we weren't allowed to have Santa figurines. We didn't use like wrapping paper with Santa on it. We didn't pretty much do anything related to like Santa. Um, but we could like listen to like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and do like Rudolph related stuff because it is scientifically possible for a reindeer, which is an actual existing animal, mm-hmm. to have a genetic uh, mutation that results in their nose being red. And so that was the reason my dad was just like, Rudolph's cool. We like him. Santa's a no-go. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, it's very Wild. Weird. My family's strange. Yeah. Um. Which anyone who knows me already knows. But, um, yeah. And so, <laughs> a lot of this, the dialogue in the movie, on purpose, because the movie is based off the song. So, a lot of the dialogue in the movie is, like, purposely mirroring the song. Yeah. And so, when uh, Rudolph's, like, nose starts to glow, and her his mom is just like, oh my gosh, she has a shiny nose. And Donna's just like, shiny? Why, I even say it glows. And it's uh, just like, oh. Boo. <laughs> Yes. Terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and so then Santa comes over to visit. 
Because he's just like, oh, yeah, he's got to be one of my future, like, reindeer pulling the sleigh. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to get to know me at some point. Because uh, Santa breeds its not-citizens for <laughs> labor. Even though the Rudolph are, or the Rudolph, the reindeer are also sentient creatures. Like, they have classes and then games and all types. They have a whole society of their own. Yeah, they have a social structure. Anyway, uh, which I'm going to talk about later as well, because it seems to be an nepotistic aristocracy, but we're going to get to that. It does! <laughs> That's fun. I did think we were going to talk about that for our uh, holiday special. And it goes in strange directions. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Santa, and I think this is one of my favorite exclamations I've ever heard in life, um, but Santa comes to the cave and he sees Rudolph's shiny nose and he's just like, great bouncing iceberg. Icebergs don't bounce. <laughs> you don't have to say that right now. Okay, moving on. Moving right along. Anyway. Oh, you want me to talk? Well, you were the one who said you wanted to move on. Okay, fine. Um, so then we get into the song uh, Jingle Jingle Jingle, which I have been singing since, since the movie. Since the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's catchy. It is so, catchy. um... Santa, like, the prelude to this song is very much Santa describing um, that, like, yeah, you need to get big and strong so you can one day pull my sled. Um, and then he just, like, sings about himself. Yeah. Uh, jingle, jingle, jingle. I'm, you know, Chris Kringle. Jingle, mm-hmm. jingle, jingle. I'm the king of jingling. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really have a lot of substance to it, this nope, song. Nope, it does not. But I think... It, actually, I do think it does because I think it emphasizes um, that he only cares about himself. That he only cares about himself. <laughs> also, here's my thing um, because he very much implies that, like, oh, there's, um, like, okay, so he says the eight luckiest reindeer or the eight, like, strongest and best reindeer, blah, mm-hmm. blah, get to pull my sled every year. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So in the eight reindeer that we know, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Donner, Comet, Cupid, and Vixen, and Blitzen, mm-hmm. if those are just, quote unquote, the eight, like, strongest or best reindeer at that time, do they have to, like, try out every year? And if they don't, then what's the point of other reindeer even trying? Like, if they just are the I eight mean, reindeer. Um, the life expectancy <laughs> of a reindeer is, like, 15 to 18 years. No, I, I get that, but it's... I, I just feel like the way... Which I will talk about um, the importance of how old reindeer are later on. Okay. Um, and th- this this will go into my um, argument about how the societal structure of reindeer mm-hmm. in Christmas Town is, nep- is, is a nepotistic aristocracy. Yeah. Um, because it's made very clear that uh, basically these are the eight reindeer that just pull mm-hmm. the sleigh right now. And basically they will for as long as at least they live yeah. until they, you know, just get too weak. And, and Santa vi- visits when their kids are born to inspect them. <laughs> yes. So. Um, we're going to talk about it. We're, yeah. we're going to get into okay. it. Okay. So, yeah. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Um, it's catchy. I like it. I'm into it. I'm about it. Um, okay. And so <laughs> Santa leaves and... Um, Donner's like, you know what, Santa's right. This kid's not going to make it with that nose. So he, like, covers it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember, children, don't forget to hide your uh, non-conformances from society, or else they will never value you and your contribution. Unless... The... Unless you can be exploited for gay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my words exactly. <laughs> Slash, I couldn't think of the words, so that's actually really good. <laughs> Thanks, Raven. Um, yikes. Yep. So then we see, over, like, the next year... Um, 
Don is kind of like teaching his son mm-hmm. um, how to be a reindeer, um, how to like you know fend for himself and in I get, the woods. I get very much like Bambi vibes. From yes, this. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, which Bambi came out um, about twenty years before this. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, um, I looked it up because I was curious. Yeah, so um, for reindeer calves, um, they're able to like stand like pretty much like the first hour, mm-hmm. um, and they're like wild. They're, Babies like, completely weaned off um, after, like, six months. And then uh, they start to get their first set of antlers around when they turn two. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they don't follow this because the span of the movie takes place over two years. Yeah. So, kind of close, maybe. Yeah, but um, we see that Rudolph starts starts to get his antlers mm-hmm. um, just before he leaves, which would only be, like, a year-ish in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Really just teaching him how to be a reindeer and something um, that he needs to be careful of um, up north um, is the abominable snow monster of the north. Um, They did him wrong. Oh, there's been a bunch of more voices. Oh, yes. Would you like to introduce those uh, actors and actresses? Okay. So we have... Actors. um, Rudolph is played by Billy Mae Richards. She is... Amazing. She has always been Rudolph. In those sequels, like okay. Christmas in July, Shine New Year, it's been her. Um, she's also in the Care Bear movie. She was Tender Heart Bear. Oh! In Care Bear, the uh, first and second movies. I really like Care Yeah, Bears. I really like Anna. I think she does a really good job. Especially when, like, her nose is covered. Rudolph's nose is covered and you have to sound, like, the, really nasally. It's like... It's not nasally. It's, like, stuffy. Yeah. Um, and then we have... And your cat. Um, and we, then we have Stan Francis, um, who plays Santa and another character later. Something I realized about a lot of these, uh, voice actors, mm-hmm. a lot of them have been in very similar things together. Hmm. Um, like this short, like series of shorts, um, that came on like in the sixties, I believe the new adventures of Pinocchio. There's been a few that have been in that. Um, and so he plays Geppetto and then he'll also be voicing a character Rudolph later on. Um, and then, um, Donner is played by Paul Klickman, um, who, um, in like the 1960s Spider-Man cartoon, he plays J. Jonah Jameson. What? Yeah. So it's like, you know, the screen grabs and the memes of the Spider-Man meme when they're pointing at one another. Yeah. That Spider-Man series. Interesting. Yeah. He's in that. And there's a bunch more people from Spider-Man. That's cool. Um, and Rudolph. Um, I think that's all the voices so far. Awesome. Okay. Um, so then, after we see, you know, Donner, like, little sort of montage, but it's kind of like a little scene of him, like, teaching his son and, you know, starting to train him and everything, um, and teaching him that he must always hide his horrible, disgusting deformity from the world. Um, Donner is a father of the year. Um, we then go over and see elves, uh, making toys and getting ready for Christmas. Oh, Okay. <laughs> and cheers. Cheers. Um, okay, so we get to the factory. Elves, they make toys. Um, so we see a bunch of, like, you know, stereotypical elves. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, doing their thing. It's, like, right before Christmas yeah. of, like, that year. Um, and we find out that elves have a knack for toy making. However, we get introduced to one elf. Mm-hmm. He's not very good at it. It doesn't seem like he enjoys it because he says he doesn't enjoy it. Yep. Called Hermie. So Hermie 
um, played by Paul Solis. He was um, in actually two Ed Norton films. Um, he was in The Incredible Hulk. He played Stanley, but he was also in The Score. But he is the voice of Spider Man and Peter Parker oh, from that series. Okay, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so he he doesn't want to make toys. He doesn't want to make toys. What does he want to be instead, Campbell? He wants to be a dentist. Which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like, yeah, be your own person, Hermie. Yeah, I be agree. Be your own elf, even though Santa doesn't apparently think you're a person. Yeah. So then, um, we get also intro- introduced to, you know, the frontline supervisor of this operation. Mm-hmm. Um, just known as the head elf. Who is just... A, a terrible lot. person. Played by uh, Carl Bonas. Um, he also plays like some of the toys later on. Um, he was in a lot of stuff. He was um, in The Busy World of Richard Scarry. He was the Old King in Bavar. Um, he was Scorpion in Spider-Man. Um, also another like series of shorts. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the Tales of the Wizard of Oz. He plays uh, Dandy Lion. So he plays the Cowardly Lion in that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and also we have the Scarecrow and Dorothy also those voices in Rudolph. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he tells Hermie, you can't be a dentist because you're an elf. No. And elves make toys. Yeah. And here's my thing. If every elf only makes toys, like that's all they can do. Yeah. Because that's all they're allowed to do by their horrible supervisor um, and apparently Santa. Who takes care of their medical needs, their plumbing, their construction, their general needs outside of their farming, their agriculture, their markets, their mercantile businesses? I feel like... mercantile. Thank you. Um, I just feel like if every single person in your society is only doing one thing, there's a lot of other things being missed out. And if every single person and Mm -hmm. every single elf is only making toys, how then... Can Hermie be fired from making toys? What else is he going to do? Because apparently he's not allowed to be a dentist. Okay, and yeah, the, the the blending of this is where you work, this is your job, to this is your entire life, purpose of being, this is where you live, is so skewed. Yes. Because he basically later, like, runs away from home, but he was like, you can't fire me, I quit. But, like, by doing so, he, has to he is now, an, he has to leave. He's an outcast. He's a pariah. I would say he is a... Misfit. Wow. Yeah. I got close to the mic to say that one for comedic effect, just for Raven. And now you listeners. You're too much. Anyway, um, yeah, so Hermie, in order to leave the job that he has does not enjoy and has never enjoyed, um, he has to completely leave his society, his family, oh, yeah. his friends. And so here's another reason. You know they're not unionized. So it's basically... <laughs> Um, you have to do this. Everyone take a break. Everyone do this. And he's like, you can't do anything else unless you keep working. Yeah. Nope. Uh, what? A dentist. Uh. Uh, also, also, also. That's a spot on impression, y'all. If, if you're not allowed to do anything outside of making toys, why do you have books on dentistry in the first place? Checkmate. <laughs> Head elf. <laughs> Checkmate, liberal elites. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Checkmate, fascist. <laughs> okay, boomer. Uh, Santa. Um, <laughs> okay, so everyone else leaves, like, for their break. Um, and so we start to hear, like, the melody for um, the Misfits song. Mm-hmm. And so he's just so down on himself. He's like, why am I such a misfit? 
why can't I fit in? Yeah. Um, and Hermie. It's like, Hermie, be your own person. Everyone else, everyone else is drawn the same, or not drawn the same, built the same. Like, everyone mm-hmm. else is the exact same Except thing. the really tall, nerdy one. Yeah. Um, and the head elf. Yeah. But it's just like, just be, be you. Be who you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right. being a dentist, because clearly y'all need it if y'all ain't never got no dental work done. Yeah. Such mm-hmm. is the life of an elf. Cest lovey. Uh, yeah, so then we, we get back <clears throat> over to Rudolph and Donner. And um, Rudolph is getting ready. Oh, so this is when we see that Rudolph is starting to grow his antlers. He has yeah. like little nubbins. Yeah. Um, and then um, instead of just like dirt or whatever put over his nose, it's like kind of like a rubber like cap. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's like, you know, opaque. Like nothing will shine through. Like over his mm-hmm. nose. And he's like, I don't like it. It's not comfortable. And his dad says... There are more important things than comfort. Self-respect, for one. God damn! Like, what? What? (laughs) It's very very much the whole, like, beauty is pain. Um, Or just, like, the idea of, like, to be accepted by society, you must put yourself through horrible, discomforting, and and sometimes incredibly painful measures. And it's just like, is that really the message you want to be sending to people? Yeah. I mean, granted, the whole point of the story is that that's subverted, but, like, is it subverted? I don't think they ever really subvert that. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and so then we see Rudolph singing, like, his why portion I, yeah, of why, why Am I Such a Misfit. Yeah. Um, I am not, wait, what, what is it? Why Am I Such a Misfit? I am not just a nitwit. Something, something, something. Why can't I fit in? Crushed it. <laughs> Anyway, um, so then it's the day of the reindeer games um, that Mm -hmm. they call inspection day. Um, So let's let's talk about this. This is like the equivalent of like some big corporation, like manufacturing center, like distribution center, Mm -hmm. going to elementary schools and be like, y'all, you know what? Let's see who can build boxes the fastest. (laughs) And you're laughing right now, but this is. You know, things that companies do and then give scholarships for students to, like, feed in to, like, those kinds of works. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. But also, but also it's, it's, I mean, this is also part of society, too. But then it's like, it's like, oh, and if you don't build the box exactly as fast and exactly in the way that I want you to build it, you're a dumbass and should be an outcast from society. Yeah. But it's a fun game that children are like, it's like, oh, do you see how fast they were able to work on an assembly line? Oh, my God. Uh, uh-huh, Truly, uh-huh. of society. Okay, um, and so then we get over to before we like really we get see, into them. Well, we do get introduced to Fireball. That's true. Fireball, the he's a dope the name. calf. Yeah, super cool. Uh-huh. Um, he's voiced by um, Alfie Scott, um, who also voices like some of the other toys and like the other adolescent yeah. children reindeer. Um, he is in um, an episode we will also be recording this week. He's in Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, yeah. uh, Avram. He does a bunch of voices in Spider-Man. He's also in Tales of the Wizard of Oz, and he plays uh, Socrates the Scarecrow. Socrates the... I don't know why I said Socrates. I just thought they pronounced it that way for, like, comedic effect. Oh, no. I just don't know how to... Read. Read. Literate. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so, and then he was like, hey, you're going to be my buddy for the reindeer games. And I was like, oh, he's making friends. Good for him. Yeah. Let's go. Then, oh my God. we cut over to elf practice. Um, 
and we get we see that they are gearing up like they're practicing um to perform a song for santa santa's mm-hmm. coming over um to watch the performance apparently some song they're going to be performing like for christmas or something like that yeah don't really understand what show it's going to be in, it's but... santa propaganda yes uh because the song is called we are santa's elves um and it's basically all about how they are subservient to santa um he is the primary citizen do you like how the head evil. elf changes his voice when speaking to santa uh, how he code switches? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, and it's the entire song is about how, yeah, we live only to make toys for Santa, and that's mm-hmm. all we do, and we love it. And do you know, okay, that's obviously bad for so many reasons. Do mm-hmm. you know the main problem I have with this song? What? Two things. One, one, the elves dances on a marimba. Two, oh, yeah. De- they straight up no. break the timpani drum. Mm-hmm. Timpanis are expensive. Yep. But I will say the head elf, master with the baton. Very good conductor. Very, very, well, not a good conductor. <laughs> He's basically like a majorette with a baton. You yeah. can't follow that. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Um, but it sure is party to look at. Yeah, here's my thing. Um, so, these elves that are Santa's elves, because they are Santa's property, because they're not people. Yeah, um, so you're allowed to sing, play music, conduct, break drums, as much as you want. Well, I'm sure they're, but you they're can't, the ones that are building the drums. But you can't practice dentistry? <laughs> <laughs> Who's sewing your clothes? I just, I just... The sewing's a part of the toy making. You make, they, the <laughs> uniforms aren't provided. They have to make them themselves. Oh my gosh. They're just On their time. Um, also, they were, they were f- fucking around with each other a lot. Like, one of them's like cutting the feathers off of their hats. It was not. It was pointed backwards. I thought it was in his face, so he was just like, "Let's get some." No, he was just like singing, and the other guy comes up and just like cuts it off with a piece of with a pair of scissors. Oh, yeah, and they're breaking instruments and just like the the tall nerdy one, they stuffed him into a bag as part of the bit. <laughs> I mean, that's a solid bit. <laughs> Backfred. That's bullying, which they are apparently very good at. <laughs> Backfred is a solid bit. Oh my gosh anyway. um, and so santa the whole time he like does not want to be there nope. he's like yeah fine whatever or like at the, at the very end he's just like it needs work and just leaves it's and like just, that is not constructive criticism so yeah he has to go um to the reindeer grooming um you are not an effectual uh musical director and Mrs. Claus is like, literally, don't change the thing. This is wonderful. <laughs> she was into it. And she I was swinging that. along the whole yeah. time. Oh. Um, yeah, so then we get to... Well, we see that the head elf yells at them. Because he's just like, that was horrible. That sounded disgusting. The tenor section was way too weak. And then the guy's just like, well, it's not our fault. Uh, Hermie wasn't at practice. And she's like, is Hermie your only tenor? Oh. Because that's on you. I I think... No, he said the section was weak. So... There weren't enough of but See, so wouldn't have been the old, only But one. apparently Hermie's a misfit and no one likes him anyway. Yeah, but does it? But no one likes him anyway, but he's an elf. He has a job to do. That's fair, because their jobs are their lives. So anyway, um, Hermie instead is fixing um, teeth on dolls like a serial killer. Yeah, also, um, why do your dolls have teeth that need fixing? Um, we'll talk about some of the dolls <laughs> later in this universe later. <laughs> I know, you know exactly it. the line you're talking about. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so fixing doll's teeth. Yep. Um, um, yeah, and then, so then the head elf bursts into the room and says the iconic line, why weren't you at elf practice? And he's like, I'm fixing the dolly's teeth. And then the guy's just like, uh, we have dolls that cry, eat, I think dance, and run a temperature. 
What? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, growing up, like, that, I mean, that, that exists. I mean, okay, so I, I just It comes with, like, remember. a thermometer, and then you would give it medicine. I'm remembering yes. so yeah, much. Yes, I remember, I remember having a baby doll, but, like, you could feed it, and then the milk would, like, disappear, and be like, where is it going, though? But then you would have to, like, change your diaper, but then it's, like, it was the water just, like, sitting in there. I'm very confused. Yeah. And then, yeah, they would get sick, and then... Why? Like, yeah, well, because the purpose of dolls are to train gr- little young girls. girls how to be mothers. Yeah. Um... But which I mean, also but to nurse like, a natural oh, hit, like the the new the new hit in the store, yellow fever baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just what, sir? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's wild. Um, also, the the fact that but you like, have a concept of running a temperature means that you have a concept of what a fever is. Having a concept of what a fever is, maybe elves don't get sick. So they don't need medical professionals? Yeah, maybe they don't. Okay, but there are plenty of doctors that exist, not necessarily to help you when you're sick, but just to provide general medical... uh... Like, for example, like an optometrist. Yeah. One of the elves, the tall elf, does have glasses. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Point right, right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot about that. Thank you. Yeah, he he does have glasses. They're, They're... Yeah, so then, now we get back over to um, reindeer class, reindeer games, whatever. Mm. Um, audition day. Yeah. <laughs> and tryouts. Yes. Um, um, even though tryouts are useless, because, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so we get to the reindeer class. We see that Comet, mm-hmm. um, the, again, one of the other eight reindeer that pulls Anna's life. Mm. Same same voice as Donner. Yes. Um, so Is the coach. Yes, he's teaching the class. Um, he's like, I'm your instructor, but I'm also your pal. Gross. Yeah. Um, and uh, the students, so at least it's established that one of the students is Dasher's boy, I think. Like, he says, like, oh, you yeah, must... Yeah, the first student. Yeah. Oh, what was his name? I think I wrote it down. Um, but yeah, he says, because, yeah, he's like the first student to come up and says, oh, you must be Dasher's boy. So, it's not explicitly said, because we don't know the parents of all the students, but given the general number of students and the way the society seems set up... And reindeer mostly just have... One calf, but yes. ha- can have more, and like they have seen, they could have up to four. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not explicitly stated, but one could generally assume that the students are the children of the primary eight reindeer that fly the sleigh. Yeah. Hence, this society is a nepotistic aristocracy because the. Would eight... you like to define that for our listeners, right? So, a nepotistic aristocracy, <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a real thing that exists in history and government, but it's a phrase I made up. Um, and so nepotism, of course, is the practice of, you know, basically getting ahead, getting promotions, getting positions purely through familial connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an aristocracy is a form of government and or society in which the wealthy and the nobility are the ones who rule and make the mm-hmm. laws and stuff like that. So in this it's society... It's like a council of monarchs. Yes. Yes, exactly. So in this society... Um, it seems the eight reindeer who pulled the sleigh, as Santa said before, are the eight like luckiest, strongest, best, most talented reindeer. Um, and they, from what we have seen, basically run everything related to the reindeer. And also, the only reindeer either that exists or that are at least getting the opportunity to train to fly Santa's sleigh in the future when these reindeer leave are the children of those eight reindeer. Hence, a nepotistic aristocracy. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so then, while this is going on, um, Fireball's like, oh, see that doe over there? She's into you. Um, to Rudolph. 
And so he goes over there, kind of like, like you know, talking to her. And then at first, uh, we later we find out her name is Clarice. Mm-hmm. Um, Clarice is voiced by Corinne uh, Canley. Um, wait, is no. it the same? Nope, that's Dolly. I take that back. Um, Clarice is voiced by Janice Orenstein. Okay. Um, is it the same speaking and singing voice? Yes. She um, has a beautiful voice. Yes, she really does. She was also in the Forest Rangers, the TV movie The Labyrinth uh, Festival. Um, very, very talented. She, here's my problem <laughs> with Clarice. She is also a dick. <laughs> wait. She's less of a dick than most of the other characters, though. Her first things to Rudolph. Rudolph was like, hi there. And she was like, you sound funny. Oh, you sound ridiculous. And then I... Rudolph, like, gets really self-conscious. like self, like, And be like, no, I just blah, blah, blah. And then she says to him, don't get angry. <laughs> Girl, you just insulted him as That's a greeting. A point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, yeah, I have no response to that. But she was, like, the only one to just accept, besides Hermie, to, like, accept his non-conformance. So, like, she's less of a dick than all the other ones. Yeah, but that was so Because all the other ones were only nice to him until they saw his nose. Yeah. Where she was just like, this is just who I am, but also I accept you for who you are. Yeah, but she was so rude. She was rude. That's that's a bitch. Also, in case you, like, you know, everyone needs to know, she's the girl reindeer because she has a bow. (laughs) But also... And also lighter color for some reason? Yes. Also, female reindeer grow antlers. Yes. And we'll talk... That is really cool. Yeah. And I'm going to bring that back up later on (laughs) to attack um, what Donner says. I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, Okay. So anyway... While they're talking, Rudolph's fake nose comes off. Well, no, no. no, no, While they're talking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, comment and be like, Rudolph, it's your turn. And, um, she was like, well, I think you're kind of cute. And he's like, oh yeah, she thinks I'm cute. Starts just flying. Yep. Very talented. Um, at he's a takeoff. He's Donner's boy. <laughs> he's Donner's boy. <laughs> and so he's flying and everyone's amazed. He's like, oh my God. He goes to, uh, Fireball. He's like, she thinks I'm cute. She thinks I'm cute. And they kind of like start like wrestling. The cat comes out. Yep. Nose starts glowing. Everyone Everyone is freaks the fuck out. Horrified. <laughs> Like, their pupils, like... like It's like the thing where, like, their their eyes widen, so you see all the whites, but then the pupils narrow, so yeah. it's just, like, extreme white. Yeah. People are so terrified. Um, and, um, and so then, And they start calling him names. Yep. And he's like, stop calling me names! That's not his voice. I don't know what that was, but, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I knew, I knew what you were <laughs> talking about, because you also said he says. So. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, so they're all making fun of him, they're all teasing him and calling him names and blah, 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 and then Donner shows up, and so does Santa, and Santa says, Donner, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> what a pity he had such a good takeoff. First of all, so many questions. Uh, why should Don- why should anyone be ashamed? Why should Donner be ashamed of himself? He did nothing. Neither did Rudolph. Rudolph, like, that's just what he, like, it's he's fine. He's just existing. He's just literally existing, living his life, chill. Also, yes, he had such a good takeoff. He's clearly a very talented and strong reindeer. Why does the fact that he has a red nose preclude that? And then, I really like that you used preclude. Thank you. And then Comet says to the adults, to the children, to the employer, hey, everybody, <laughs> let's kick him out. And everyone's like, yeah! <laughs> so he, like, runs oh off. Oh, God. Like, 
And then... Because, um, again, because he says, he says, like, oh, children, like, blow, like, do this or whatever. Rudolph, you better, you should just not come back. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, what? gang, let's get him to this child. <laughs> like, imagine if in elementary school, your gym teacher, like, maybe you, like, weren't a talented runner or you had, like, a club foot. Something very minor that does not matter for your overall existence in life. Yeah. And your gym teacher took one look at you and said, like, you should not come back. And so in the context of this, like, reindeer reach, like, full maturity between, like, four and six years. Yeah. This is, like, a year and some change. Mm-hmm. Like, basically a year, Rudolph is. Yeah. About how old would that make him then? Compared to, like, humans. I would say that would make him probably around the age of, like, five. Because if you like, think five about, to ten. If you think about a human, like, generally reaching what we consider adulthood around 18 to 20 years old. Uh, let, let's also go with, like, biological maturity, though. Well, biological maturity would technically be, like, puberty. Well, I think uh, your brain's still developing. Oh, like, especially for oh, eventually, I thought you like, meant, 25. Like, physical biological maturity. Brain, brain's physical. Okay, so brains, that would be, like, 25. So I'd be, like, 25. So yeah. anyway, so, like, divide by four. Yeah, so that would be about, like, six years old. Yeah. This is a six-year-old child. Yeah. It's hilarious. I'm like, actually, let's do it this way, but, like, the difference is, like, one year. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't uh, matter. Because he's a child. I'm just, you know, pedantic. <laughs> it's okay. We both are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was going to say it. Sip. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then, so then, yeah, so we see <clears throat> Rudolph running off. Um, he feels horrible and all this other stuff because he's being bullied mercilessly by both the adults and the children. Um, and Santa, who apparently is, like, the dictator of this world. Um, and so then Clarice, like, follows him. Um, and she's like, hey, like, it's okay. Like, cheer up. It's not that bad. Blah, blah, blah. And we get into the song, There's Always Tomorrow. And this is a really cute song. This is where we hear her beautiful gorgeous singing voice um silky smooth um and the song is basically all about hey you know it's very um tomorrow from annie like hey there's always silver lining Mm -hmm. you know it's always going to get better like yeah it's featuring a pretty cute um animal chorus critic chorus cute is that the one we're going with? Because I went with um, creepy ass. Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, I found that interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, she's singing this song basically about, like, hey, like, it will get better. You know, don't worry about it. And then we pan, well, not pan over, but we see uh, singing alongside her are two bunnies and two raccoons with dead, lifeless, expressionless eyes uh, that are creepy they and I don't do. like them. But, like, the specific face that these animals have, I do not like. And it's very creepy to me. Um, and so then we see Clarissa at the end of the song. Um, he's like, oh, thanks. Like, that's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And then her father shows up. And he says, no doe of mine is going to be seen with a red-nosed reindeer. Um, High-key concerning. Yeah. Also, like, the way it's said is, like, low-key racist. But we're moving on from that. Um, and so then uh, he, like, takes her away and takes her home, presumably. Um, and then Rudolph is kind of, like, wandering off. Again, very upset because he's an outcast by society at the age of basically six. Um, and he's, like, wandering around. And he runs into Hermie. Um, and Hermie says... 
So he's just like walking through like the snow covered wilderness. And Hermes says like, oh, he like bumps into him. He's like, oh, sorry. Is this your snowbank? Hermes, what? That doesn't even make any sense. He doesn't have a home. <laughs> he doesn't have a home because he decided to quit his job, which meant he immediately had to be cast out of society. Uh, horrible. Um, and then here's my issue. Um, Rudolph says like, oh, hey, like, I'm sorry, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like running away, like all this other stuff. So it's like, hey, I'm Rudolph. Like, I'm a reindeer, like, blah, blah, blah. And Hermie says, I'm Hermie. I'm a dentist. So I'm going to need you to show me your license because for what I remember, you have read one book on dentistry and practiced on a couple of creepy ass dolls. And that is the extent of your uh, dental education. So I'm going to need to see some receipts because you have no license. Uh, and that is fraudulent behavior. That is. So then they sing. Um, they kind of start to like pep each other up a little bit. Um, and they're just like, you know what? It's fine. We are who we are. <laughs> Hashtag we are who we are. Kesha. Um you know, we are who we are, like, it's fine who we are, and we get into the song, We're a Couple of Misfits, which I kind of like, because they, they do kind of do, um, a slight reprise of their old lines, of like, why am I such a misfit, I am not a nitwit, blah blah blah, why can't I fit in, um, but the song is more, this version of the song is more about them saying, yeah, I'm an, I'm a misfit and that's fine. Like, I'm being who I am. It's okay that I'm independent. It's okay that I'm unique. It's okay that I'm a different individual. And yeah, people might not accept me, but this is who I am and I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after that lovely, wonderful, heartwarming song, they then wander off into the snow-covered wilderness with no shelter, food, resources, or plan it's for fine. survival. It's not fine. He is a six-year-old child. And Hermie oh, yeah. has never had to survive outside of the fascist... So this is technically a kidnapping. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, like, I... They certainly cross at least town lines. Uh, yeah, and, like, Hermie is, like, not a child. Nope. He's an adult. He's a grown-ass man. Grown-ass man-elf. High-key concerning. Okay, and then they hear the abominable... Um, snowman. Mm -hmm. um, it's huge, kind of like mountain size, but it's really like 14 inches, as we said before. Yeah. Um, voiced by um, William Wyndham. Um, as a child, I was terrified of this thing. Really? I was scared of it. I feel like even when I was younger, it just looked ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, William Wyndham has been like in a bunch of things, like The Fugitive All in Family, Dallas, Highway to Heaven. He was... Um, Gregory Peck's opposing counsel um, in the To Kill a Mark uh, Mockingbird. Um, been a bunch bunch of things. TV, stage. Um, the Star Trek, the original series, he was Commodore Matt Decker. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I really like voice actors that voice but don't have speaking lines, you know? It's really cool. It's fun. Like, I love a lot of it's the voice time. work that Alan Tudyk does because yeah. it's just fantastic it's wonderful i agree yeah. um so then we see that this is going uh like i mean it was like alluded to before foreshadowed whatever um that the abominable snowman will be kind of kind of like an antagonist to rudolph's like journey yeah which is also another point they like made sure to say that this thing is so evil um it's so dangerous and he hates christmas which is just 
the Do you know what it seems like to me? He's also an outcast. Yeah. And I, okay, so that was another thing that I kind of didn't like about the movie watching it this time. Because to my memory, I thought, and I think this would have been a better version, I thought that the abominable snowman in the end they discovered like oh he's also just a misfit he's also just an outcast you know and like they befriend him and like everything's like happy and dandy and that's not quite what happens (laughs) what actually happens is a bit more problematic and we'll get there yeah um so then during all this um we're also introduced um to honestly one of the best characters Oh, he's hilarious. Yukon Cornelius. Cornelius. The greatest prospector in the North. Uh, he's Even the though he's only prospector never in the found North. Gold. I mean, that's not what he wanted. Uh, although he does say, um, this is my land, but I'm just like, didn't uh, you just come here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hashtag manifest destiny. <laughs> uh, hashtag the American dream is not problematic. <laughs> um, okay, so Yukon Cornelius, uh, voiced by Larry D. Mann. Um, <laughs> D. Mann. The man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Larry. I think he died. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. I, I, I don't think many of these people are still. That, yeah, it checks with out. Us. Makes sense. Um, so. Because they were adults in like 1964. Yeah. yeah. Um, he has been a bunch of things, like all these people, very prolific. Um, he was in the Pink Panther show. Um, he was in um, Police Surgeon. Um, he was in also in The New Adventures of Pinocchio. Um, he was the train conductor in the movie The Sting, which oh. has. One of my favorite movie soundtracks is from The Sting. Okay. Because it's very, like, you know, like, ragtime jazz, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, That's the entertainer. Yes. I used to know how to play that, and I can't play it anymore. It's okay. I don't think less of you. That would be difficult. Um, But also, something that he did. um, So, like, Bill, like, he he was basically kind of like the boss, um, was like his title. Um, in a series of, like, Canadian commercials, uh, which a lot of people know him from. So he, like, did that for 10 years. Oh, okay. That's a long time to be doing a commercial. Like, yeah. that commercial circuit. Because usually, um, I mean, you... I know, I mean, a lot of people know, it's just like, oh, yeah, this actor, I remember them from, like, commercials and stuff like that. Like, before they get, like, you know, like, uh, bigger opportunities and, like, movies and TV and things Billy like that. Billy Mace, yeah. Billy Mace. Um, oh, what, what was he... No, the, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about people who act in commercials as a stepping stone to being in, like, movies and TV. I, I know, but when I think of, pe- like, well-known people who act in commercials, I just instantly think of them. I'm movies. thinking more, like, Flo from Progressive. But she's not in other stuff now. She was in Mad Men. Oh, I don't She was in her. the Gold Books. I don't watch she, She's in things. Gotcha. I didn't know. But she's also, but, like, a lot of times, I forgot who was talking about this. It might have been, like, Jane Lynch. She was, like, Good talking... In this one interview, how, like, I mean, she was in these commercials for a while, but, like, you kind of, like, that's not lasting. Mm -hmm. Except for some examples, like, Larry Mann as the boss and, like, Flo. Um, And they even, like, poke fun of it um, in 30 Rock um, with, um, what's, Nancy um, is talking to um, Elizabeth Banks' character. Mm -hmm. What is Elizabeth Banks' character's name in 30 Rock? Oh, it's something not super traditional. It's... It's, 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 it's Avery? Yes. 
Avery. Jessup. Uh, Avery Jessup. A- Avery Jessup. <laughs> the hot box with Avery. It's like, do I know you? Yes, I'm um, Avery Jessup from the hot box with Avery Jessup. Avery Jessup. And she was like, were you, did you used to be uh, at a commercial for overstock.com? <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I did. That was before my, got rid of my accent. And then she does like a Maryland accent. And it was so oh funny. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Um, also, I but think that's so what funny I'm talking about. Because Marylanders don't think they have an accent. And it's such a strong accent. Yeah, I mean, I, no one thinks they have an accent. Correct. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Kind of like the equivalence. Yukon Cornelius. Yes. Um, so I love his dog team. Okay, here's my thing. He nope. keeps it's screaming perfect. mush, and he's just like, why aren't you mushing? I'm like, first of all, sir, at least one of your pack is a literally a wiener dog. Like, I... They're perfect, and I love them. <laughs> oh That's honestly oh, no. the best part of this movie are Honest, dogs. No. It's like, no, the dogs are super cute, and I love them, and they're amazing, but also, why would you ever comprise... Uh, dog sledding team of any percentage um, of wiener dogs. <laughs> I mean, Yukon Cornelius is the greatest prospector in the north. Um, he, he, you know what? He doesn't conform. Raven, are you telling me that he should? Is that what you got from this movie? I'm telling you, you, is that is that what you got from this movie? Because the dogs seem fine. They seem like they're still happy that they're having fun, and I'm they would risk you, their life for their master. I'm telling you, their that, friend. I'm telling you that if he doesn't want to end up having to continuously pull his sleigh himself, which he does multiple times in the movie, then he should maybe use how, bigger dogs. Raven, how <laughs> dare you attack the sanctity of? The relationship between a man and his dog. No, no, you can have winter dogs. Winter dogs are great. Just They're don't having an adventure, Raven. They're having an adventure. Um, we get into the song Silver and Gold. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Uh, fun fact about Rudolph <laughs> the character, Rudolph, was made for a department store. Mm hmm. That shines through many of the themes of this movie. Because I don't know why. I, why are we? Why do I like look at the monitor and not you? I'm talking to you, Raven. <laughs> well, we are talking to the listeners. Okay, silver because hashtag capitalism. Silver and gold. It's a it's a really beautiful song. It's a good song, yeah. Um, there, uh, sung by Sam the Snowman. Mm-hmm. Everyone wishes for it. Um, how do you measure its worth by the pleasure it gives? I mean, gold. I mean, there's like a standard. There's an actual yeah. value Currency. to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But this song is just selling us Christmas decorations. Yes. That's the only point of it. That's <laughs> song literally is just, why it was included. Yeah. Just let's just sell us more Christmas decorations. Yeah, because at one point um, he's talking about silver and gold, and he's like, "Think about how beautiful silver and gold de- decorations are on a Chris on a shining Christmas tree." Blah, hey blah, kids, blah. this and, is what's important about. It. And it's like, how much happiness would be lost if young ones didn't get to wake up and see a sparkling Christmas tree on Christmas morning? And it's just like, oh, <sighs> but okay, I see, I see what you're doing there. I see what you're going for. Uh, and no. <laughs> but I will say it's pretty cool Snowman plays the banjo. That is pretty cool. Banjo's a great instrument. It's a great instrument. Okay, so we're done with Silver and Gold. I won't talk about that song anymore. But, yes. like, it is a really pretty song. Yeah. I do, I, I mean, like, again, we criticize everything on this podcast. Yes, but it is a, it is legitimately a good song, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... We, like, hear more about Yukon Cornelius. He was like, yeah, all I need is my cornmeal, gunpowder, 
ham hocks and guitar strings. And I was like, you know what? What a way to live. Right? Just a also, man and his dog. Yes, ham hocks. I mean, meat is murder, but like, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> because reindeer are vegetarian, so. Uh, so then we get back to Yukon Cornelius, the greatest prospector in the North, and um, he ends up pulling his own sleigh because they have to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yes, because the abominable snowman uh, reappears. Mm-hmm. That he has deemed the Bumble. The Bumble, yes. Um, and so then he uh, breaks off a piece of ice and they go flowing down the river and he says, DIY icebergs. I mean. <laughs> well, do it yourself icebergs, but hashtag DIY icebergs. <laughs> I mean. He, he said that they'll get out of there using their superior intelligence. Because, you know, wait, why does that work? Uh, if there's anything you know about bumbles. They sink. They sink. Which, The mumbles I mean, just, like, almost fucking drown. I felt bad for <laughs> Legitimately. Them. And I was like, is that thing not going to get, like, hypothermia? Like, just getting completely covered in... I mean, granted, the environment it lives in, I'm sure it's adapted to that. But, like, still. 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 Um, yeah, so then we, we cut back to the Donners. Here's another thing that's confusing to me. That is confusing <laughs> to me, too. Is it for the same thought? Are we, like, the... the mind melt? <laughs> We're currently holding hands. Um, Rona. Um, but yeah, so the, one of the things, I don't know if this is what you were going to say, but one of the things I think is weird that I just kind of thought, like I thought about it earlier, I just kind of thought about. How can something bounce and sink? No, like that's not what I was thinking about. Bumbles bounce. Bumbles sink. But they also sink. Well, like, a, no, a basketball float on water. I'm trying to think like a hard rubber that would also. Like a hard solid rubber? The, those are literally two opposing physics like, like physics concepts. Yeah. I thought that's what we were mind-melding about. No, I was mind-melding mind about the fact that Rudolph's family is referred to as the Donners. That was weird. Even though Donner is his first name. <laughs> Presumably. But yeah, so Donner... Go, uh, we cut back to the Donner's household. And Donner's going out to look for Rudolph because mm. he's missing at this point. And let me take a good sip because I got some shit to say. <laughs> I'm going to um, back this up with science. So Donner goes out looking for Rudolph. And uh, I forget her name, uh, but... Clarice? No, no, no. Uh, the wife. I... Rudolph's mother. It's Mrs. Donner. Jesus Christ. Okay. So that makes this so much worse. So Mrs. Donner says, hey, I want to also help look for my son who I love and care about deeply. And he says, no, this is man's work. Which is interesting <laughs> because what we all know about reindeers, the, they both grow antlers. Mm -hmm. However, male reindeers shed their antlers in November. I've so heard to that. have antlers in December during Christmas... Would mean Santa's sled is pulled by female reindeer. Men's work indeed, Donner. <laughs> and that's the facts, Jack. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. It's just This your fault. I, I I can't. I got I got so that was another point where Campbell and I both made eye contact and then both began writing <sighs> because it made me viscerally angry. <laughs> So then, um, we cut, that was, just, that, was, that was a quick little snippet, um, and then we cut back to, oh, but then, uh, 
the wife and Clarice do still end up going out and looking for Rob. Yeah, they're just like, on. fuck you. Like, what? He's my son. Yeah. Um, Have you seen my son? <laughs> um, and so then we, we cut back to Rudolph, Yukon Cornelius, the greatest prospector in the North, and Hermie uh, traveling through the snow-covered wilderness. And they come across, well, now traveling down the river, and none of them know where they're going, so they're just kind of floating along. Um, again, no shelter, food, resources, Rudolph can fly. Or, but he ha- he can't leave his friend behind, his fellow misfit. He can scout. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Um, so they come across the island of misfit toys, mm-hmm. um, and we see that um, these are all toys. Uh, so so when we get into the song. We we first see like a Jack in the Box. Um, I'm sorry, a Charlie in the Box. Yeah. Um, and he explains that he's like the. Sentinel, I forget exactly what it's called. The same voice says Fireball. Oh, cool. Oh, um, I forget exactly what it calls itself. I think it's like the Sentinel or something of the Island of Misfit uh, the, Toys. The official Sentry. Sentry, that's the word. Yes, of the Island of Misfit Toys. And um, and there's and he's like, yeah, I'm a Jack in the Box. And there's like, oh, and your name is, let me guess, Jack. And he's like, no, my name is Charlie. I'm a Charlie in the Box. And that's why I'm a Misfit. And I'm just like... Um, Out of the other toys, <laughs> this is not an issue. This is the least misfit toy of all of them. Yeah. Um, and so, but we get we get introduced to some of the toys, and we get into the song, The Most Wonderful Day of the Year. Yeah. Which is them all singing about how they're all misfit toys, and they're really sad about that, but they really love Christmas, it being the most wonderful day and of the year. And what we know and about toys... Toys can never truly be happy until... A toy can never truly be happy until it is loved by a little boy or girl. Yeah. And so all they want, all I want, is um, to be given as a Christmas gift to a little boy or girl and be loved and appreciated and just played with as a toy. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing that confuses me about a lot of these misfit toys, um, through no fault of their own. A lot of these toys are physically constructed wrong like you have a train that has square wheels on its caboose mm-hmm. you have um I forgot a lot. okay you want me to just go through the yes. misfit toys yes okay charlie in the box um we have um an elephant with spots yes that's not a problem not um, a problem it's actually really cute yeah i think so uh the train with square wheels for the caboose a water pistol that shoots jelly not an issue. <laughs> Not an issue. Reload. Clean that. Clean that mofo. Um, a bird who doesn't fly who swims. So uh, a penguin. A penguin. Yeah. Um, a thing that exists in nature. A cowboy that rides an ostrich. Super cool. Also, ostriches are fierce as birds. A boat that sinks. Submarine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. And then the dolly. Yeah. And my. Do you know is... what the problem with the dolly was? A lot of people don't know. No. She didn't have a nose. Most dollies don't have a nose. That that's that is what is canon from Rudolph. Actually, that feeds into what my point is. Yeah, it does. <laughs> is that a lot of these? Oh, toys, and the airplane that is like, I think it like messes up when it's flying. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Here's my thing: a lot of these toys were just physically constructed incorrectly, like. The dolly, apparently, who doesn't have a nose, and that's her issue. By elves that don't know their place and want to be stupid things like dentists. <laughs> um, and then the, the 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 train that has square wheels, blah, blah, blah. Like, a lot of these toys are just, the wheels. are just physically constructed incorrectly. But that's, so, not, that's not the point of but the my, toys. But my thing, is, my thing is that, though. 
So either these differences were because uh, that's not my big. This is not my biggest gripe with Island of Misfit Toys. Is mine. Um, Mine's wild. <laughs> but my thing is presuming that's a pun. Presuming that these toys were also made by the elves. Mm-hmm. These differences were either intentionally done by an asshole. I don't. I don't think they were. I don't think they were made by the elves. Negligent elf. I don't think they're made by the elves because I don't think we can assume all toys are only made by elves. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I, I, it still is the point of like, granted, you shouldn't have to change yourself to conform to society, but at least the ones that are just physically constructed wrong, like the train, just replace your wheels. Yeah. Like everything else about you can stay the same. But if you want to be a functioning, but they train, should, but they should not have to change themselves. To they should not have to change themselves. Appreciated. Agreed. But I, that's all. This whole point. Same with Rudolph covering up his nose. That's true. Don't you? But the point is, like me. these aren't these aren't animals that are born. These are constructs. Are they not, that are are they not sentient? Okay, let's talk about my biggest gripe. Okay, it's this Go is ahead. wild. Okay, so the king of the island of misfit toys is a griffin. What is he? A flying lion? He's a flying lion. Okay. He's not like a chimera because he doesn't have like a scorpion tail yeah. or anything like that. He's a flying lion called King Moonracer, and so what he does, he travels the world finding <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, rejected toys and brings them to the that island for one day. Hopefully, Santa can, you know. Give them to homes. Mm-hmm. You're telling me <laughs> there's a flying talking lion <laughs> that's going through family's garbage <laughs> all across the globe. <laughs> and not only he has the ability to fly, oh, find these toys, and put them on the island, he can't find homes for them. Yep. He flies around the globe already. Also, another gripe that I have with this... Um, he also is voiced uh, the same as Santa. Another gripe that... that that's that, not a gripe. That brings, that's just a fact. Yeah, that brings me into my other gripe with this, which I was going to get into at the end, but like, there's no reason to not get into it now. Um, did Santa... So Santa either wasn't aware of the island, or he was intentionally not getting these toys. He's about I mean, if you see how the head elf was like, you know, given given the business to Hermie, um Santa only produces quality. Agreed, but here's my thing. He does not want to be tied by some penguins or submarines. No, no, no. Agree like I understand that. But here's my thing. So it's one of those two. He either didn't know about the island for I place, think he knows about it because Or he never he always passes that. If he didn't know about it, then like King's just not doing his job. So that's whatever. Yeah. If he was intentionally passing it up, that means like one, Santa's even more of a dick than we originally thought. Two, like I get that you accepted Rudolph because you could exploit his uh difference for gain. Um, these other toys are gaining you nothing, and if you truly don't like them because they are misfits, then why are you now giving us a change of heart? Because he learned his lesson in the end. Did he learn it? Did he learn anything? Um, he's <laughs> Did anyone in this movie learn anything about accepting others? Yeah. Uh, Rudolph did. <laughs> that sometimes people are just dicks. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so... Um, they're like, hey, we're misfits. As in Rudolph, Hermie, and Yukon. Yukon yeah. never called himself a misfit, so that's like caught Rudolph. <laughs> like, he has saved your life time and time Yukon again. Yukon is like, I'm comfortable with who I am. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, I'm the greatest. I've, I'm searching for what I've always wanted, tinsel. Uh, 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and there's like, no, you can't stay here. Doesn't give a good reason why. He was like, no. Um, well, he does say they're not toys. They're not toys. Which is true. But like, he's not a toy. Is he a toy? He could. There are, I've seen lion toys with wings. All the other toys are sentient. Why can't he be a sentient toy? Yeah. Hmm. Not clear. <laughs> uh, weird that th- that this plot point um, isn't clear. Um, but then he was like, "But you can stay here the night, and like, if you are like thinking about like you know going back to Santa, can you please let him know there's a lot of toys that need good homes?" Which again, it's just like, so does Santa not know? In which case, what the fuck have you been doing this entire time, King? Like, I- it's like he, you know what? You really dropped the ball. <laughs> He really did. So, you know, they sleep there for the night. Yeah. And like, well, Rudolph, like, they have, like, a little argument or a little tussle. Because he doesn't want to go back to Santa. Yeah. That's like, it's like, yeah, sure, we can do you this solid. We can, like, you know, have our friend go back to face all his trauma. Yeah, that's sure. That's easy. That's fine. Yeah. I was like, no. And he's like, no, Santa was a dick to me. <laughs> and you know what? All, literally all the other reindeer. All of them. Yeah. Including the adults. Yeah. Like, adults Especially are bullying a six-year-old child. Yeah. So, anyway, um, but also, like, the Bumble's, like, following them because of Rudolph's nose. They, they yeah. know where he is. So, Rudolph decides to leave in the middle of the night. He thinks it will be much safer. Yeah. So, he kind of, like, goes off on, on his own. I mean, everywhere he goes, the mobile is following him, mm-hmm. signifying um, Rudolph's, like, ever-present... Um, both, like, desire to be accepted and fear of um, what he's running away from. Interesting. Wow, that got deep. I did not have that same thought. I was just like, mm. Ooh, this bull bear. You ain't got no (laughs) other prey? You ain't got no one else to follow? (laughs) Yeah, and so it gets to about, um, so... It's like... A a few days before Christmas of the horrible snowstorm. Yeah, so, like, several months have gone by at this point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Rudolph has grown up in that time. Yeah. Um, and because at this point he would be about two years old, um, which as you said before, I think is like when reindeer typically reach like basic adulthood. No, that's four to six. That's four to six. Okay. So this is what when, was like, two, two years is when they start to grow their antlers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Never mind. Um, but yeah, so the, in this time he grows up and growing up made Rudolph learn that you can't run away from your troubles. Agreed, but you can leave behind toxic run, ass run, people. Rudolph. Bum, ba, da, 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 da. That's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, agreed, you shouldn't run away from your troubles, but you can leave behind toxic ass people who do nothing for you. Yeah. So then Rudolph decides to return home. Um, and they're having, um, immediately. A group of adolescent reindeers, like, hey, it's neon. Oh my god, you're back. Can you chill? First of all, I've been missing. A child has been missing. There's no Amber Alert that went out. (laughs) Nothing. No impeding. No impeding. Yeah. Can't. Um, Impeding the search. Actively. Yeah, so then Santa gets his. Back at his home with Mrs. Claus, once again being berated about his weight. Yeah. And um, he gets a news report from from an elf um, that basically saying, like, hey, the storm's not going to subside. This presumably... Not yet. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no. Instead, it's... um, He's, like, talking to Santa. Um, It's two days before Christmas. He's like, oh, they went out looking for you. 
And he that doesn't I, say, welcome I got, back. I wrote the line down, but I got yeah. mixed up when it happened. Yeah. Okay. You didn't say, like, welcome back or anything like nope. that. Sam says he's worried because he needs his dad to come to work. Because, yeah. This is a no-call, no-show, and that, like, doesn't really... That's unacceptable. That, that, that doesn't really fit um, with the vision of Santa Incorporated. And that doesn't really fly with corporation around here. No. Like, headquarters is up my ass about this. No. Um, and he, so he, he, It's him. He's headquarters. <laughs> and so he says, without Donner, I'll never get my sleigh off the ground. And I'm just like... So in all this time, in this nearly a full year that Rudolph has been missing, and presumably Donner has been out looking, finding, looking to find him... You haven't trained one more reindeer. You ain't trained. You ain't found not one that could fly. Not Dasher's boy. Not Comet's boy. Not Basin's daughter. Has been searching. Yeah. It could have been off and on, leaving, coming back, stuff like that. But. But it's just like y'all ain't found one other reindeer. Yeah. That like what? Yeah. Anyway, um, so then Rudolph goes back out, to and he's find like, his "Of course, I know where they are." Yeah. The Bumble Cave. How? Shut up. <laughs> shut, shut up. Shut your mouth. So, uh, the, he looks into the cave and sees um, Clarice in the Bumble's uh, clutches. Yes. About to be eaten. Um, and then he attacks. Yeah. Not particularly intelligently. No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then Rudolph gets thwomped. Yes. <laughs> That's a great word. <laughs> um, and so now they're all like in those clutches. And mm-hmm. good thing the narrator, he was like, good thing I ran to uh, Cornelius and uh, Hermie, who came to Santa's village. Yep. I was like, hey, he went to the Bumbles uh, cave. Dave, you gotta go find him and help him out. And then Cornelius hatches a plan. Yes, because he says... Never knew a Bumble who turned out a pork dinner for deer meat. What? <laughs> it is ham hocks. <laughs> but what? <laughs> so, here's oh. the plan. Here's the plan. Hermie, oink. Oink like you need it. While Cornelius is on the top, is going to like, you know, try to get like rocks on him and stuff. Yeah. This is only phase one. <laughs> phase one, get the Bumble out of the cave. Phase two, push a boulder on his head so it knocks him out. Phase three, rob him of his teeth. <laughs> it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> he stole his teeth. He stole the, You he, would definitely lose your license that you don't have, Hermie. Like, <laughs> Hermie, um, I don't know what you think a dentist is, but um, it is certainly not a person that just knocks you out and takes all your teeth. <laughs> And it just runs up and I'm like, ha ha ha, I take your teeth. <laughs> I, I, uh, what? Okay, so now the Bumble is no threat because it's not like he has claws or massive strength because he's Or any ability mountains. to defend himself. Yeah, so also Cornelius has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and a pickaxe, so I mean, I guess he just... Santa's not good for him. a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Oh, Radio act up. Old yeller them. Uh, um, oh. So then, we all go back to now, Christmas. Now, before then, um, Cornelius is like, oh yeah, this little fool, I can do whatever I want. And he's like, shoo! And he's like, you know, approaching him. Yeah. The Bumble's on the cliff. The Bumble already has been defeated. Why yes. do you then need to jump on him to push him off the cliff, killing yourself... 
And all your dogs also followed, which I did <laughs> like. I was like, oh, they're so loyal. Um, but also, why? Because, you know what? That's just the kind of man Cornelius is. And that's the end of Yukon Cornelius. So now, dejected, sad, morose. <laughs> Ooh. Thanks. Ooh, I had to do better morose. than sad. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's the word that means sad, sad and angry and mad at the same time? Raven. What, what's the word for that? Indignant. Smad. <laughs> um, so they're back to the village, and Santa's like, oh my god, my prize reindeer is back. Oh my god. That's all he cares about, because he needs to get all of his toys and, uh, to all the children yeah, and they, keep his corporation. They explain what's happening. They, like, you know, just killed the bumble. And so they're, he- they're heroes. Yep. Um, they're like, Rudolph, we're so sorry we've been mean to you. Hermie, I'm sorry, you can be a dentist if you want. I'll allow it. He still has no license. He still has, but that's not my problem. If the head elf, so the head elf isn't just in charge of the toy making. He's the leader of all the elves. Of the society of, of elves. Of the society yes. of elves. If he's like running away, doing his own thing, why doesn't he need, why does he need to, he's like, I want to, he was like, you know what, Hermie, I'll let you open a dentistry office. Why is that in your jurisdiction, sir? Right. So stay in your lane. So it seems okay. So this is what it seems to me. Stay on your side. Keeping in mind that no. this entire story was sponsored by a department store. Yeah. So it seems Santa is the CEO, mm-hmm. um, and he has two executive vice presidents, being Comet, leader of the Society of Reindeer, and the Head Elf, leader of the Society of Elves. And they each run their own departments, yeah. um, one in toy making, one in sleigh pulling, and... Uh, distribution. Distribution, yes. <laughs> one in production, one in distribution. Yes. <laughs> um, and <laughs> through each of these departments, they identify talented youngsters and... <laughs> wait, wait, I'm going to cut you off on this metaphor because I don't want to talk about it anymore. I have, another, I, have an, I have another problem. Okay, and so everyone's like, hey... We are pretty hard on you, misfits. Maybe misfits have a place after all. You're still calling them misfits. <laughs> yes. It's like, hey, we were hard on you motherfuckers. <laughs> I guess motherfuckers could say in our society. Instead of be like, hey, you're one of us. We're just like you. Yeah. It's just like, nope, you're still no, different. You're still different, but we'll allow you to stay here. And we're going to acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great apology. We're going to acknowledge it and put your difference to use. And Santa's like, Misfits, do you have a place? I'll find a place for those toys. Which makes me think, they didn't say, be like, hey, there's these, like, toys that need home. Or did they? I thought he was taking them to homes. No, no, no. Santa says, I'll find a place for those Misfits. Misfits. Yeah. Misfit toys. Did they tell him about the island of Misfit toys? Or is that something he just had on the back of his mind? Uh, I would assume they told okay, okay. Him. Let's, because because they said we'll okay. tell. I, ju- I just wanted to like be in, like have that clarification. Yeah, gotcha. I don't care about the listeners for you and me. That's fine. Um, okay, so oh my god, and then he was like, "Yeah, but we lost a friend along the way." Um, and then, however, Yukon Cornelius survived. He, he, Did you die? Sadly, yes. Like, but I lived. <laughs> He is risen. Because this is a Christmas story. Uh, what? <laughs> I know that's Easter. <laughs> Which is funny because we're also recording an Easter special this week. Yep. Ah, uh, oh, Jeebus. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so we hear a knock at the door, and we hear, um, <laughs> let me in, it's fit for neither man nor beast out here. <gasps> and so they open man the door. Nor beast. And who comes in? None other than Yukon Cornelius, the greatest prospector in the north. Leading behind him, here's the man, and here's the beast, uh, the bumble. On a leash. <laughs> On a leash. And he says, now calm down. I've reformed this bumble. He wants a job. Couple things. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. But that this tracks with, like, the bumble is also a misfit. They are accepted because they're providing services for the people that oppress them. But also, he's a misfit individual who wants to find... But he, he hates Christmas. He's a misfit individual who wants to find a home and a society and people to love him and a community. If you beat, and he must be domesticated. If you beat people into submission, emotionally and mentally and physically, in the Bumble's case, <laughs> they will conform to your wishes. Oh, that is the takeaway. That is the message of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, what is his job? Tell me, Raven. Um, his job, uh, because he doesn't need a stool. So his job is to put the star on top of the tree. Which they like already. I mean, I mean, okay. Yukon Cornelius, he makes jobs. Yes. He, he I, I really believed he was trying to find a way for him to be accepted into society. Mm -hmm. And this was an option. That's fair. Did he have to remove all his teeth? No. <laughs> no. Did, Did he, he have to put him on the leash? No. no. Did he have to push him off a cliff? No. But wave, but Waven, Raven, how did Yukon Cordelia survive? Well, you see, Campbell, Bumbles, while they cannot sink, they can, in fact, bounce. Bumbles bounce, everyone. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like, how'd you live? He bounces. Oh, my God. So do they bounce, like, back to... The cliff side, because like, well, presumably so, because you know, momentum is preserved. Uh, do you not think momentum would be lost to the air drag? Ooh, that's a good point. Does he reach terminal it velocity? Well, it depends on what the height of the cliff was. It's pretty high. Well, high enough to be presumed fatal. High enough that they couldn't see them bouncing back up. That's true. For the half a second, they looked. Don't see him. Guess he's dead. Let's go home. <laughs> that's true. But. Things aren't great. No. This is when the meteorologist elf, there are other jobs. <laughs> so why can't you be a dentist? <laughs> the meteorologist elf. Oh my god. <laughs> As the weather report. <sighs> Christmas, Christmas is canceled. <laughs> that bitch is canceled. <laughs> so in the history of this universe, has there never been a snowstorm on Christmas Eve before? Not this bad. But, like, Nothing you bad. have no preparations this in place? This is historic. You have none. No. This is a long time ago. But Santa seems to have already been doing this for a long time. And, like, understands the science of meteorology. Um, well, no, he doesn't. But he has a meteorologist versus... elf. Yeah. Yeah. That he commands. The help does. That aren't citizens. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. Um, okay, so, you know what? Christmas is canceled, and mm -hmm. then everyone's upset. He, like, announces it to the elves and the reindeer. He's and like, then, dear God, Rudolph, your nose is obnoxious. He's like, hey, Rudolph, we accept you. Can you, be, can you be any less annoying right now? <laughs> Just Jesus Christ, Rudolph. And he's like, but wait. Hold up. I can exploit that. <laughs> Exploitation. 
Oh. It's the future. He I says, can see. Um, oh, yeah, no. So That's he, so Raven. Yes. Uh, yeah, so then he's just like, you're going to fly my sleigh tonight. Cause he's like, in other words, Rudolph with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And oh. Rudolph should have immediately said, fuck you. <laughs> no, I would think he would still say yes, because then the Misfit Toys can have homes since That's Christmas. Because he promised them. That's true. So Which we'll get into. Oh. Um, and so then Donner says, "I knew that nose would come in handy someday. I knew it all along, bruh." <laughs> okay, then we get into a holly jolly Christmas. Um, everyone have a cup of cheer. We're gonna have to fill up our cup of cheer after this. Indeed, we will. Um, holly jolly Christmas. Let's talk about the song. Um, Kiss her once for me. That's weird. Yes. Go to your dearly beloved them, give her a kiss, but, like, on my behalf. Yes. I know, I do understand, it's like, you know, sp- spreading joy, and Christmas cheer. Yeah. And, yeah. Stuff like that. That's yeah. fine. But I'm just, like, in a mood to be critical. Mm-hmm. Same. Also, currently in the middle of a pandemic, please don't. Yeah. Please do not. <laughs> um, oh, now that's my Santa. So he's huge after uh-huh. two days. Yep. Yep. He went from not real thin, like a, honestly a healthy weight. Like he was he was slender, he looked good, um, to morbidly obese in the span of two days. Yeah. Um, which I mean, like, of course, like weight does not equal healthiness. Nope. But, but this is not that however, rate of weight gain and or loss. Does directly affect health. Yep. Um, so anyway, um, and then Cornelius is out in you know the snowbanks, tries to find gold again, or tinsel. Sorry, it's like wait, peppermint. What I've been searching for all along, sir. What? Yeah. So he found a peppermint mine that he's now staked his claim. Yep. On Santa's mm-hmm. land, which is not his land. Nope. But whatever. It's um, the under the ownership of a corporation. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we go back to the Misfit Toys. Yep. They're sitting around a fire. Charlie, the doll, spotted elephant. Super sad. Super sad, crying. It's like Rudolph said that he would he come would, back. For he us. would come back for us. He said he would tell Santa, and he would come find us. So, listeners, in the original version. This scene was not there. Nope. Didn't happen. Instead, Rudolph just guides Santa. So the misfit toys were actually forgotten. And they got so much backlash for that. That they had to add this additional scene. Of them crying. Santa and his sled. They come get the toys. And sends them to their new homes. Yep. Can you imagine? The whole point of this movie was like, misfits belong... And the whole island of misfits it's always, were forgotten. It's just completely forgotten. How do you do that? Wild. How do you fuck up that badly? Wild. Wild, Raven. <laughs> so then we get into the song Rudolph's The Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. And uh, when they're flying off, just real quick, when they're flying off, we see uh, Rudolph's father with Rudolph's mother. They're kind of like waving the sleigh off. Here's the thing. Rudolph's father is daughter. Who is supposedly... Maybe Donner's not a name, but a position. Don't do that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But also, can we talk about the song, like, the now they sing, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and it's, like, telling the, like, plot of the story, 
um, if Santa wrote it and he was like, what a good guy I am. <laughs> Literally. It's like, the reindeers never let him play in those reindeer games. And also, from the moment of his birth, I said how useless he was. <laughs> and, but one Christmas Eve, Santa came to I say... I let him guide my sleigh. Yeah. I'm the hero. I am the hero of this story. No. I, and Fiend. I just want to say, uh, this is not the way I interpreted this movie when I was a child. <laughs> this wasn't the way I interpreted this movie a year ago. Oh my gosh. I feel like this podcast is changing me. Ugh, for the worst. And cheers. Okay. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about like some of the musical composition for the movie, as I always do. I want to start with the musical director, because... It was just for the movie, and like there's other more deeper stuff to get into later. So the musical director for this film was Maury Laws, who is a TV and film composer. So he actually performed in like country, jazz, and dance bands as a singer and guitarist, like during his teens when he was like getting into music and everything. Um, and so he was hired as the musical director for Videocraft International, which was Rankin Bass before it was Rankin Bass um, mm. in 1964. Which is the same year that this first aired, but he wasn't the one who originally did the composition for this. Um, but he did do an adaptation of the score, uh, which is one of his most famous works. Um, so he has conducted and scored music for um, The Hobbit and Jack Frost, like the animated Hobbit. Yeah. Um, Jack Frost, The Wacky World of Mother Goose, Frosty the Snowman, um, The Daydreamer, The Flight of Dragons, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. So a lot of Christmas stuff. Um, and then the music for like the score and everything was performed by Decca Concert Orchestra, led by Herbert uh, Rabine. Rabine. Um, and so the songwriter for the movie was Johnny Marks. Um, so he's a songwriter and he actually composed the original score of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, so he wrote the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer based off of the poem. Um, he I'm his also. I'm getting to that. Yeah. Um, he also wrote Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, A Holly Jolly Christmas, and A Carolyn We Go. Um, and he wrote a number of other non-Christmas songs, um, the titles of which I feel... tell you take that off. All right. The titles of which I feel tell a story. So we're going to go through a couple of them. Uh. So... Um, so a few of his songs, uh, just like six of them. So we have Happy New Year, Darling. Then we have How Long Is Forever. Oh, God. Then we have I Guess There's an End to Everything. Neglected. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drink during this because I almost spit it out two different times. <laughs> um, what more? What? Neglected. She'll always remember. And finally, Free. And I don't know if that's the order that the songs were released in throughout his career, but I just feel, um, I feel like Johnny Marks went on a journey with his songwriting. Art comes from hurt. Art does come from hurt. Um, so I found that very interesting, but, um, what I found even more interesting, so Johnny Marks, the, um, the writer of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song, um, is the brother-in-law of Robert L. May. Um, who wrote the poem Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, which Johnny Marks then based the song off of. So it inspired the song, which then later inspired the movie and everything now about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, so May um, 
May actually, so his parents uh, were like hit really hard by the Great Depression. Um, and so they ended up moving to Chicago where he got a job as an advertising copywriter for Montgomery Ward, which is this huge like department store industry. Uh, those it, it it's still pretty like or it got like really big and like was very successful um so around like 1939 um may's boss asked him to write a like cheery christmas book for shoppers and they did this because like they had actually been like buying and giving away like different coloring books and stuff for christmas every year and so they wanted to make their own so that they could save money because good old capitalism yeah um so they're like oh yeah you should write a cheery christmas book we can give it away to our customers save a lot of money and they'll really like us and they'll come buy our stuff um so he decided to make a reindeer the central character um uh mostly because like his daughter just like really loved them and he actually like the final version of the poem was first read to his daughter and his parents which i think was really cute uh makes sense but really cute um so he wrote the entire like story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but it was owned by the department store. Like, the IP was theirs. Mm -hmm. um, but around, like, 1946, 1947, um, the Montgomery Ward president at that time actually gave the copyright to May. And so that was when they made... Um, that was when they made, like, the spoken word version, mm. and they made, like, a lot of different productions, because originally they had only been producing it as, like, pamphlets and, like, little booklets that they could give away to customers. But then with World War II and everything and rationing of supplies and materials, there was a, like, ration on paper supplies. So they, they had to stop production of it for a while. But then especially with the spoken word version, it became even more popular. Um, and so then it just became huge and they made, like, story, like, books of it that started being sold. And a lot of different companies, like, didn't want to sell them because they were, like, there's, like, five million free versions out there in the world like why would someone buy it but people were just like no i'll still buy it um so then it sold like millions more copies um and then they johnny marks wrote the song adaptation about like 1948 which was recorded by gene autry because bing crosby uh passed it up mm. um and so that was released in 1949 and since then rudolph the reindeer the song has actually sold more records than any other christmas song except white christmas oh wow bing crosby yeah so yeah all of that was wild. Isn't it though? Oh, that's so much fun. That's so much fun. <laughs> I just think it's really cool. Like, um, so I, I, I don't know. I might cut this out. I haven't signed it. But so Netflix recently started making this docu-series called The Holiday Movies That Made Us. Mm -hmm. And in the two episodes. Oh, based off of Toys They Made Us series? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, but in the two episodes they have released so far, they talk about Elf and Twas Night Before Christmas. And it's really interesting learning about how those movies were made, how those stories were conceived of, etc. And same thing for this. Like, I think the story of how, like, Rudolph came about and became such, like, so iconic in our culture is fascinating. So now. So now. Now, listeners, we will be playing. What will we be playing, Campbell? So, the good thing about. We're not playing anything specifically from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's a lot of good Christmas music out there. But more importantly, there's a lot of good public domain Christmas music out there. Exactly. So. We thought that as a fun Christmas gift, we opened each other's Christmas gifts. And we thought it was a fun Christmas gift for you. Don't or... call it a gift for them because it might not sound great. We've been drinking and I. Oh, no. But the gift is that they get to hear how horrible we are. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to be playing for y'all. Um, so there's a, a little medley um, that uh, we put together with help from 
Um, some, so there's a lot of arrangements for these public domain songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, some of like the websites, programs, things like that, that I've used for like sheet music, um, uh, that other people use, you can like share that. So these three individuals, um, kind of like released all like claim to them. They're pretty much like, you know, Merry Christmas, play something cool. Yeah. So things can be adapted recorded published published is the wrong word um released released yeah yeah um so it's a medley of three songs um the first noel um the arrangements by uh jason garrison here we come a caroling this arrangement by ron smith and we wish you a merry christmas arranged by jack wyatt jake wyatt and so raven will be playing the violin and I didn't feel like bringing an instrument with me, and I'm not. You'll be bringing one back. But I'll be bringing one back. <laughs> Fuck you. You love me. Um. So I will be playing the piano, which I haven't played in years, and it's going to go. You sound really go. good, though. Thanks. Yeah. So. Let's yeah, get we're gonna started. we're gonna get our instruments together and drink more. Yeah. Burp. Start us off, maestro. I started way too fast. I just want to... Okay, you know what? Let's just go for it. Yeah. Let's just go for it. Just do it. I'm not going to count us off. That's fine. Just Because just... this this is about feeling. Slash, I'm going to go slower than the tempo I specified. <laughs> okay. I was just playing love here for a while. Um, how about this? Can we make me sound better than I actually am? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to play the first part, Just Me Again, Don't Come In. Okay. Because, like, the we should be playing the same time for that measure. 
and we're just going to take it piece by piece. much better. The clock was to signify future Raven. That's what it is. You did great. Okay, and then I just need to... I'm just going to play, like, the first chords. Okay. You know what? Let's just go for it. Starting... Wait, your pickup. Okay. Oh no, that's why I picked it. It it, so, it sounds fiddly, so yeah. Like I didn't. Um, 
I didn't know that melody before we played this, but like I, I just want to play. Because from song all these songs, I think there's a good balance of just me playing, just you playing, and then we're both playing together. Agreed. Because that first bit was a lot of you. Yeah. yeah, and then like this when you went away, I felt comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> you that you sounded really good. Okay, um, I haven't even looked at this next part. Neither have I. Okay, and it's way faster. Okay, we can play it as fast as. We want. I'm just gonna have to make this easier for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. simplify it. Take some, take some notes out. So I think I'll do something like. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> no, play the wrong note. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Okay. You ready? Um. Yes. Okay. One, two, three, one, two. Oh, yeah, I didn't play anything, so we're going to have to do that. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah. One, two, three. Wait, wait, wait. I need to get my fingers ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel right I feel that. I feel that. Okay. One, two, three, one, two. Again, but I don't care. Cool. That was fun. Uh, listeners, I would like to thank Raven for her patience. And, oh, you're providing me background music. Uh, fantastic. What I do with this sheet music, if it sounds good, that is what I arrange. Ignorant to my physical capabilities as a musician. Especially an instrument I don't really play. However, I'm drunk. I tried my best. Raven sounds amazing. And it is what it is. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for providing me, you know, uh, PSA music. You're welcome. Isn't it so much fun to include music? It is. 
is. I'm so happy that they'll actually be able to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can also hear our music despite Zoom lag on our episode 10. Yes, you can. I mean, it's not very good. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's worse than this. It, but. It's, it, it's fine. So, okay. What uh, should we do for, like, final thoughts? Okay, I have a few. I have a few. Okay, okay, okay. First... Uh, what would you rate Rudolph on, on scale of 1 to 10? Jesus. Okay. So, I would say... No, Rudolph, not Jesus. <laughs> we'll Jesus rate him, we'll rate him the next one. The next episode um, we record. Rudolph. So, there's there's obviously an element of nostalgia in there, and like sentimentality, but re-evaluating this movie and, as an adult... Yeah, continue. I would say... I mean, it still does generally hold up for me a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some problems. I would say a solid five. Okay. I would say out of all, like, Christmas media, the character of Rudolph is my favorite. Interesting. Okay. Um, and yes, the things that don't hold up, I think I still enjoy to be able to see it from a comical point of view and to be like, you know, having something like a critique for like, you know, what's currently going on or like has always been going on in the world that kind of balances that out. Like mm-hmm. an appreciation for that. Yeah. I think I would give it a, like a six and a half. Okay. I do think like, the, like there are amazing things about this movie, oh, yeah. namely the stop motion animation, oh. like so well done, so intense, so in, like talented. Um, the stop motion animators of that day. And so, like, that definitely gives the movie a huge boost. And, like, for its time, given that it's, like, physical effects, like, it still kind of holds up, like, from an aesthetic standpoint. Um, and I think it is, I, w- I think it was very well produced, especially for its time. Yeah. Um, I just had an idea mm-hmm. of, like, a way we could, like, end this out. What is either your favorite Christmas memory or your favorite Christmas gift you've ever received. Let's do favorite Christmas. Let's just do favorite Christmas gift okay. that you've received. Um, okay, this was a um, family gift that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Christmas two thousand six. My family, based off of like friends we've had, on I don't know how my parents pulled this off, but because this was only a couple months old that it's been released my family got a nintendo wii oh and my god that's hilarious i think because was, of what mine is <laughs> yeah i think it's the i think it's the first christmas they were available so they were very hard to get mm-hmm. and i don't know how my parents did it but the joy that nintendo wii brought my family wii bowling i also i oh. i got legend of zelda twilight princess which oh, is okay. one of my favorite legend of zelda games of all time and just like the sheer shock of the gift, yeah, blew my mind. And I still, I don't know, just that like you know that surprise factor because like other things, it was like oh, what do you want for Christmas? It's like you know you have a list. Although I'm very annoying to my family when they ask what I want for Christmas, I tell them don't get me anything, and they hate that more I than hate anything. That so so technically, everything's a surprise. Listener, sorry, mom, um, <laughs> but I just don't want anything. Donate something on my behalf. They're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but that was tight as hell. That's awesome. I. Sort of have two. One wasn't actually given to me, but it was like I got a gift out of it. Um, So my favorite, favorite gift that I ever received, I got my 
violin as a mm. Christmas gift when yeah. I was in fourth grade. And um, I think I've talked about it. I've, I know I've talked about this before. I'm not entirely sure if I included it. Um, but something that's a little different from me and my relationship with my violin is that unlike most children, um, most young string players, um, they strings instruments come in different sizes. And the intent is normally that if you're a child, um, you like rent instruments. And as you grow, you go into bigger and bigger instruments until you get to a full size that actually fits you. Yeah. My parents just bought me a full-size violin straight out of the gate when I was like nine years old. Um, so everyone thought it was viola because what <laughs> it's just bigger. Yeah, because what nine-year-old child is a full-size violin? Um, so I actually have had the same violin for my entire life. Um, and I got that Christmas day when I was in fourth grade. And so like that is my like all-time favorite Christmas gift because it I truly think that playing music, and learning music and learning the violin and various other instruments has like changed my life and changed me in a way. Yeah. Um, my other favorite Christmas gift was actually a gift for my mother. Um, there was one year... That's going to actually... Uh, it's, it's a gift for your mother? Was it from you? No. Because I was going to ask... Which your after... favorite gift that you've given? Yeah. Cool. Um, this one, my, so my dad gave my mom one year um, a Wii Fit. Oh. And... Those are... Fun. They are fun. So it's, it's like, it's a kind of like, it was sort of a gift for the family, but it was also specifically to my mom. Okay. Um, but the reason I loved that gift is because one, we, my family's super competitive to the point that me, my dad and my sisters, my mom refuses to play Monopoly with us anymore because, um, tables have, or not tables, boards have been flipped during Monopoly games in my family. Mm -hmm. So, um, needless to say, we got super competitive about the Wii Fit. And I distinctly remember that year that he got it for her, that uh, New Year's Eve, we spent the entire night, like from 9 p.m. to like 1 or 2 a.m., just alternating, playing different games and trying to beat each other. And we just, we had like a Pepperidge Farm, like cookie assortment yeah. or whatever and we were just eating cookies and playing games on the Wii Fit and competing against each other the entire night and that is like my all time favorite Christmas and New Year's um, that I've ever had in my nice. life um, what's your favorite gift you've given someone mm. is it Beulah <laughs> it's up there although technically that was your birthday gift oh, that's technically it was technically your so um, oh, that's a Hard one. I might need you to go first. No, you go first. I went first. The last one. I'm putting you on the spot right now. It's not like we have the capability of editing we out have the time. Technology. But no, you have to say it right now. I I truly don't know. You give really good gifts. Thank you. That's such a compliment because you give amazing gifts. So. I do. And I'm um, really excited for the one I'm going to talk about because I have it ready, locked and loaded. But oh you may you okay, Raven five. I, Four, I honestly can't think three, of all the gifts I've given. Two, I don't know, Campbell. One, oh my god. Okay, go. wait. Um, okay, sorry. I'm going to give you the count to the count of ten. Wait, okay. but It like, doesn't have to just be like, or a Christmas gift you really enjoyed giving someone. Okay, but one, no, no. Okay, but Campbell, two, this requires me to think of the gift. Three, I, I honestly don't know. Four, you counting is making five, me anxious. I don't experience six, anxiety. Oh my god. Seven, eight, nine, and the number that comes after it. No, I can't. Ten. Gifts you even someone that you've enjoyed. I don't know. Raven, I'm going to do this again because I think this is a fun bit to include in the podcast. No, okay. I, I, I want you to do it too, but I physically like... When you ask me that question, think of, every think, gift think I've ever given... Think of three given. gifts right now that you've but got I a warm I need time receipt. to do that. No, but, you've, but you... I know, I know you can do this. 
I believe in you. Okay, no, no, no. But I need like I I need time to physically. Think you of have. I'm gonna give you 20 seconds. I'm not gonna count for you to think, and then I'm gonna start my countdown. I don't remember any gift I've ever given to a person except this year. Like, was that Christmas or was it something else? I don't know. Yeah, so Raven, moment of truth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What gift Okay. do you think was a good gift that you've given someone? Giftedly. Giftedly? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so two things. One, technically the favorite gift I've ever given is actually a gift I haven't given yet, but I've thought of it and I'm making it. No, no. Two, yes. no, no. I'm not giving it. Uh, or I'm not saying it. Oh, no, say it because do you think they're going to listen to it? No, because one of the people that will be receiving the gift is you, so I'm not telling you. Oh, um, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> um, Wait, you're making my Christmas gift? Part of it. Mm, it you may not get it for actual Christmas. Like, so you have a Christmas gift already. Uh-huh. Um, Are you going to tell me what it is when we exchange gifts? No, because I'm still making it. And it, I, like, I don't think it'll be ready by like the party. Gotcha, gotcha. But I still want to give it to you. And I want to Edit all this out. Yeah. I think my favorite gift that I've ever given someone is actually a gift I'm giving this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for my aunt. And mm. I, yeah, and, like, I was, like, this year I was actually struggling to figure out, like, what to get. And I think, like, the gifts I'm giving this year, I'm really happy about. Like, I think I really thought about, like, what would this person like? Like, what is what is this person interested in? Like, stuff like that. Because, like, the type of people I grew up with, um, my mom, my sisters, like, they very rarely... It's not that we don't want things, but, like, my family is more type of people, like, if we truly want something, we will just buy it for ourselves. So when we're buying gifts, you have to always think of what would this person generally like or enjoy rather than what do they actively want. And for my aunt this year, I couldn't think of something to get her. And so I decided that I would make her, like, a picture collage. Because, yes, Campbell, you have multiple types of collages. Um, I don't know why I'm getting this attitude. Because you asked me that the first time I said that. You said collage of pictures. And I said, aren't collages made up of pictures? Because I asked you, the queen of semantics, with that vocative comma. Anyway. You um, would know it was a legitimate question and I wasn't trying to attack you personally, which you took it as. I did take it as a personal attack. I'm going to pour myself more wine. Do it. Um, but yeah, so I... We finished the mold wine, so now we're just drinking wine. Oh, for sure. That's and, Oh, also, this wine's super good. It's called Dreaming Tree, and it's like made in conjunction with Dave Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band. And it's delicious. Which is interesting, because I hate Dave Matthews Band. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so my aunt... I don't hate. I don't like their music. My aunt has two... I hate plenty of things. I need to open this before... You need to stop interrupting me. <laughs> okay. My <laughs> aunt has two 
mm, wonderful children. Um, they are my little cousins. They're adorable and I love them even though they're kind of little gremlins. Um, and she sends us like pictures of them all the time because um, they're constantly doing like Halloween costumes and just like cute things. And she just constantly takes pictures of them because she's an adorable mom. Um, and so for Christmas, I decided that I would actually... Uh, like select a certain of a certain number of them and get them printed out and like make her an actual picture collage. So I have like a few of them, like of the two of them together, a couple of them each by themselves, a couple of them from like when they were like literal like babies almost, like how old I they really are like now. the picture that, that Jasmine is in as yeah. well. Jasmine is Raven's sister. And that's when my, my um the older of the two of them, he's twelve now. That was when he was like one years old. Yeah. One year old. Um, and so I think it's like super cute because like I like the second I thought of it I was like I know for a fact she's going to love this Mm -hmm. and it's something that it's not like it is technically something I bought in a store because I bought the picture frame and I bought Mm -hmm. the prints of the pictures but it's like it's the value of the gift is in the sentimentality as opposed to what it actually is. That is is a good segue for my favorite gift I've ever given someone. Okay. Um, for you know the holidays. Um, I don't know if they still have it. I hope they do. Cause like it meant a lot to me, but like, it's fine. Um, I technically spent $0 on it. Here's how. So at the house that I used to live in, in college, Raven lived there later. Um, we just call it 120. Um, we started doing 120 secret Santa. Oh yeah. And they were always great. But the first year we did it, there was something magical about it. I almost said the gift I got for that. Um, as my favorite gift I've ever received, um, which was a, um, kind of like to go container bottle with a strainer at the top for like tea. Oh, oh yeah. And then it was painted on that for, I remember that gift. I painted on this, uh, was painted on the side, a picture of, uh, Hobbes from Calvin and Hobbes. And it said in the same Font as Calvin Hobbes, Camby, and Hobbes, because Camby is like my nickname. Yeah. Um, and so Alex Stevenson, who gave me that, it's like honestly, I lived with him for three years. It was, I think, it was the most thoughtful gift I was I've ever received. Yeah, because it was, it's 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 so many layers. Yeah, There's just so many. They, layers. I, I think that's the that's the value of a good gift. It's not just like oh, this person would like this, but like this represents this person. So, in that vein, I had our friend Tina Lee. For that secret Santa. And so I... Tina and I have a, a lot of shared interests. Um, cartoons. Um, music. Acting a fool. Yeah. So... things. Especially one of the shows we'd like to watch with each other is Adventure Time. And one of the characters Tina really likes is Bemo. So... Um, my childhood Game Boy Color is the same color as BMO. So what I did, I painted the buttons and, like, around it to more represent, like, what BMO looks like. Yeah. And then my, like, I had Pokemon Silver that I got from another favorite Christmas of mine. Um, so I started the game over, um, and then I caught, like, a full team of, like, Adventure Time, like, related characters and named them that. That's so cool. Um, and so, so my gift was, like, my, like, my Game Boy Color was my favorite thing of my childhood. More than anything. So yeah. I gave her, like, my childhood Game Boy painted as BMO with Adventure Time-themed Pokemon Silver. For my, like, favorite Christmas of my childhood. That is an amazing gift. I don't think she still has it, which, it's fine. People move a lot. I understand. But, like, when I gave it to her, she'd literally say, Are you sure you want me to have this? And I was like, Yes. Aww. Tina, I do. 
So, with that, Raven, how can you find us? Campbell, uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Um, I, I think iTunes, maybe. Uh, I heard you. Uh, now, Pandora, Stitcher. You can find us on um, Podbean, obviously. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, a bunch of different places. But what should they do on these different podcast platforms when they do find us? Well, what they should do, Cable, is one, listen to us, because we're hilarious, um, I think. Uh, You should also like it. You should comment if you have, like, one, if you just enjoyed in general, but also if you have an idea for a musical that that you want us to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You should also, like, rate us if the app has the option. That actually, like, on these podcast platforms, that actually increases the likelihood of, like, other people listening to us. Yeah, for sure. So that's, like, only benefits us, and it takes no effort, and we would love you forever. That would be amazing. So, yeah, um, if you really like this episode, which I hope you do. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think this was a great episode. I think we crushed it. Yeah, for personally. sure. Um, so yeah, so hopefully... Objectively, not personally. Yeah, so <laughs> like it, um, comment. Lick and subscribe. Yeah, follow us on Instagram at Boozicals. Um, you can email us with like musical suggestions and just general comments that you have. Um, Boozicals at gmail.com. And, yeah, that's all well and good, Raven. But is there one more thing, mayhaps, you would like to tell our listeners? I would like to tell our listeners that we, from the musical, from the Boozicals family, wish you a very Merry Christmas. And a Happy Honda Days. <laughs> Cue the music! Yes! <laughs>